mum. Lock him. Clip on clip, everybody. Clip on clip. Do you not? Do you not think? It's, <laughs> oh yeah, clip on clip. Do you not think it's insane that um, in the modern society, in the modern world we live in, that people will stream and they won't actually make any content for their streams? They will just uh, have their community clip clips. What do you mean? What are you talking about? Um, what are you Twitch talking streaming? about? I'm talking about Twitch streaming. But what do you mean? You hate streamers. I, you have I'm this not, thing I'm against streamers. Oh. Well, yeah. <laughs> who, who doesn't? <laughs> it, the problem with streaming for the is always going to be the fact that it's like FOMO content. I don't fucking care. Just upload it, upload the thing to your channel. Yeah, but streams like make money. That's why they do it. No, but but watching a stream after it's already happened is boring. Oh, fuck no. Unless it's a, a got to be there. It has to be hype enough for people to want to be there. No, you don't. All the streams I watch, I don't need to be there for. Well then, yeah. What's wrong then? Why do you hate streamers then? Huh? Yeah, you. It sounds like you, you watch streamers' content. No, I yeah, I watch the streams and they've been uploaded to their second YouTube channel. Because I don't have to be there for the stream. I don't. The FOMO ass stream, man. But to be fair, in defense of Twitch, um, there's like a mo one month log of it being just like a vod. So you know, I can't complain. Well, the stream I like, he he streams like once every six months and just takes money. James won't let me have my gar. No, come on, we don't need to. You I don't need my to. Gar. You don't need to. But it's the holidays. No. But, oh. Well, if you do, I do. Huh? If you do, I do. You want fat? I don't want fat. <laughs> 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 what the fuck? Lenny over here. Lenny going full Simpson. Wait, what cigars are they? Hush, baby. What? No, but what are they? They're, They're called cool. Cafe de la Creme. They're called signature how do you blue. How do you smoke them? Like a cigar. You just smoke them. Like a cigar. <laughs> yeah, you just go. You light them on fire and then you, then you breathe, filling your lungs with smoke, or don't. Your choice. Your move, Spider. -Man. Depends. Will Will they kill me? What won't kill you, bro? The microplastics. You know. You know. Um. The nanobot ew is like approaching us. The Nando's bot. The I've got Nando's in the freezer. I love chicken in my tummy. Do you know Jamie's still got that chicken in the freezer from last week? Do you actually? Yeah, it's in the freezer. You freezed it. Yeah. It was a lot of chicken. Yeah, I couldn't a eat a whole lot, lot of chicken. That's a lot of chicken for a small fella like yours truly. But I Not chicken yeah, like yours truly. Hey. Stop. Okay. Oh. <laughs> No. B-I-B. B-T-B. What's B-I-B? It was B-I-B. It's supposed to be B-T-B. What's B-T-B? Big Titty Boy. Big Titty Boy. B-T-B. Oh, wow, this is like making me... Man, I'm so moist right now. You peed yourself again. Jamie spilled my coffee, my tea. You did. Okay, run it back. See who truly spilled it. That's Let's silly. Go. The Jarlings will back me up here. I'll have a go. Oh, I won't. Let's have a celebration of regard. I'll have a go. 
<laughs> After all that. Peer pressure, innit? <laughs> hey, I've not co- tried Use a creme de la quap. There you are. Thank you. Do you need anyone to snipe, snipe the ends off? No, these guys no, are they're, they're pre- They're tinny sn- Good afternoon, morning, evening, or night. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the yearly roundup of Char Media, where we talk about what we've consumed, what we've done, and the lovely little things of the year. And our favourite guys. And our favourite mm. guys. Today, I'm joined by Jamie Hello. and Alex. Howdy. Another year, another bunch of stuff. A bunch of stuff. Too much stuff. I'd say. Bunch of things, a bunch of bits. Yeah. Too I, many bits. Do you remember a time in your life where, like, like you listened to every album you wanted to listen to, you saw every movie you wanted to see, and you played every game you wanted to play, like, that came out I, of you? I remember having that feeling, um, but I guess, well, that's growing up, mm. realising that, oh, there's so much more than I even know is available. Mm. Because during that time, you'd be like, well, I was thinking about this the other day, like, I'd, we'd see, like, maybe three movies a year. Yeah. You know, the cinema or something. Yeah. And that was, like, was normal. Mm-hmm. I only chose three movies this year. Maybe even two. Because, like, I, I saw Barbie, but I didn't choose to go and see it. Mm-hmm. You know? I got that. It does count as going to the cinema, though, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I went. But yeah, it, this for me has been a bit of a catch-up year. Mm-hmm. What year isn't, brother? Well, mm-hmm. What was the last year that didn't feel like a, a, a catch-up year, a buffer year? Uh, the year before COVID. 2019. Yeah. Yeah. Would you... Well. So- Obviously, for the uh, Jarlings who don't know, um, this is obviously where we just talk about what we've consumed. Um, yeah. yeah. We're talk about, we talk about good and bad. Or it's just an, good, it's, yeah. Yeah. Just highlights. We do this highlights. once a year, so don't expect this as like the format for every episode if you've never listened or watched. But yeah, it's the roundup episode where we go through four different categories. I think that's what we agreed. Movies, TV, music and games. It doesn't necessarily have to be things that released in the year, just things that defined our year. Mm-hmm. Um, so there'll be, I'm sure, an eclectic mix of some things. Um, my biggest chunk is movies, probably. Mine is, as well. Um, yeah, I'm sure it buffers, changes, depending on who's who. Talking. <clears throat> um, I had to do movies first. I had down to do movies first, and that'd probably be the longest chunk mm-hmm. you could. Starting there, is there somewhere else you want to begin? Um, I want to say right now, music is going to be my shortest. Um, so I'm yeah. going to blast through that in about 30 seconds. Okay. So I don't know if we should start there and, and like... It might um, be a good little palette cleanser later though. Mm. Yeah. Uh, get a, I've got a fair bit of chunky games, but movies is, is the big one. Okay. I'm happy just going into movies and just... Getting this moving. Yeah. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Get, get moving. Yeah, and... Yeah, just to clarify, uh, are we going to talk spoilers for any of these things? We'll keep it top level. I think it depends on the thing. Yeah, 
So just keep that in mind. We will try and I'll, I'll warn if there are any blatant spoilers, I guess. Um, yeah. Or anything like that. But yeah, it's not necessarily just to reiterate. Doesn't have to be like good or best things. Just kind of defining things, or for me, just a lot of things that made me have some kind of feeling or thought in the year. Um, mm. <clears throat> so. I assume I probably have the most entries for movies. Definitely. Uh, there will be overlap, so I don't know the best approach if we should just go round robin or just do everyone's list one at a time and just knock out the overlaps as they come. How do we do normally do um, this? I think usually in the past we've usually done like this is the stuff Alex has watched. But I think yeah, doing I just it, don't want to balance it like yeah, do, really heavy just to me. Yeah, I think one. just doing it one here and there would be good. So there will be overlaps, at least then it's like, you know, quite natural, you know, opening up. If we, yeah, I, I guess we go round robin then, how about that? Um, I want to shout out <laughs> my first one, Ant-Man Quantumania. Which as wrote, a highlight. As a highlight, yeah. For a lot of people, it's been the year of the flops, the year of things, I don't know, these megacorps lining up all these different stories and it's just not panning out. But we're talking billions off the table, like projections missed. And mm. it's like, Quantumania, it wasn't the biggest bomb out of all of them, but there was some, there's something definitely symbolic about that film. There's mm. the frame of that weird monster man um, Ooh, in the yeah. suit, M Modoc. The frame of that is a symbol of like the film industry, I feel like. Mm. It's mm. like this, this thing. It's become a joke. Yeah, it's a joke, and the the irony of it looking as bad as it does, but that frame or sequence probably costing like twenty million, yeah, like bucks, just that on its own, um, <laughs> is funny to think about, and it's embarrassing. And yeah, it, yeah. it was definitely it's notable for that reason. What I just nothing. I've always been pretty anti Ant Man as a character and all that, and it's like, man, they didn't even try again. Why is Paint for Reed the third time doing yeah. this? Yeah, why are we getting so much of this? Jim? What comes to your mind? Uh, well, there's definitely overlap with the three of us. But Oppenheimer. Mm -hmm. Before even seeing the movie, like... the This film was in everybody's mind. Yep. Assisted by Barbie. It was the marketing, it was the joint marketing. And the fact that they yeah. did capitalise on it, yeah, it says a lot. And cinemas capitalised on it, mm -hmm. and... It's... It's a way better movie than I was expecting, like... Yeah, it was way better than I was expecting. Thinking about it now, like, it may be... Chris Nolan's best. I think it's definitely um, up there. It's in that conversation for sure. Yeah, it's at least in the top three of his. And I, I'm I'm definitely not someone who like falls head over heels for for anything, Christopher Nolan. But this one in particular, like it, it, everything just slid into place. Yeah. And for for a movie to be that long and to be such like a depressing topic, but for it to like grasp you and it's thought-provoking and it like it captures the gravity of it really yeah well. and a lot of like chris nolan's films that is the entire vibe is like let's make this intense this is yeah yeah it's about overwhelming yeah this is, 
He's, this, he's, this needs to feel important. The dialogue's big and heavy. Everything's big and giant and these huge sets yeah. and Tenet with the big plane and all this craziness. Yeah, and the, the football field in Dark Knight Rises. He's he's like a spectacle director. Uh-huh. Yeah. But but it's like that movie was like a spectacle direct. It was like a spectacle, but it was really low level. Is in not like wide these wide football field shots. It's really yeah. It's, it's in like classrooms and yeah. like yeah houses in. So there is still like, like a scope to the story though, as far as yeah, how many it, characters it's juggling, how many different locations it's juggling, the the amount of time it's covering, the non-linear structure of it. It does a lot of clever stuff. Um, yeah, I was really surprised by that because, like you, as I got older, I haven't like stayed with that intense kind of like uh, passion for Nolan. Yeah, as I've grown up, and well, I I liked Dunkirk. I liked tenant for what it's worth it wasn't like it didn't feel like an upward trajectory to me if i was like yeah nolan he's got his thing he does his thing and not that he didn't have his like checkmark qualities it still has that like intense soundtrack it has that like montage kind of editing and everyone speaks like in that super kind of quippy way um, yeah but it really works with the framing and it does it does feel important it feels like heavy in a way that is but appropriate. it should yeah, <clears throat> yeah, I think yeah. The I don't know making Oppenheimer like not that he wasn't a household name, but just boosting that story, making it so yeah, kids are interested in this stuff. They're thinking about these things. It is a fascinating subject matter that I feel like yeah. is explored well and does leave you thinking. It, yeah, and it it doesn't only focus on like that aspect. Like the bomb aspect, it's it's judging like the political stuff. His yeah, political, there's there's political a, a lot of like character based, um, and even a bit of like a very small sprinkling of conspiracy. Yeah, in there, like they do lean into that with that one specific scene that if you're not looking for it, yeah, you're gonna miss it. If, if you blink, you can miss it. Yeah, yeah, because like, yeah, yeah, there's that whole the paranoia of the the, the communist party he was a part mm-hmm. of. And, Mm-hmm. All of this stuff clashing, and how yeah, it bleeds out of World War Two into the Cold War and to modern day. Yeah, and I think, but I would say I, the movie's great. But I think if that soundtrack wasn't to the par it was, we'd be completely feel we'll feel completely different about that film. That soundtrack is the reason that film's that good. A hundred percent stand by that. It, yeah. it definitely helps. Um, it really helps. Because I think it's like an amazing soundtrack. It's really, yeah, um, I've been meaning to listen to it. Like, it's just I've, you know, when we come mm-hmm. out here, I've heard you listening to it, and it's like, God, I want to watch that movie again. Yeah. It's like going on my Yeah, I keep just like, I want to say intense. Like, it's very intense. Like, this weird tempo change stuff it's doing. It's yeah. Like, it makes you it makes conjure you feel... the imagery of like yeah. particles and bombs and chemical reactions and things like this. Um, yeah, really good stuff. Um, yeah, and if you say one, I guess I'll just take it off my list um, as we go through. Mm. Um, I want to shout out Blackberry. Another surprise for me, following Oppenheimer with like these biopic movies where... Not my favorite genre, for sure, 100%. Like They, they are known to bug me to be kind of uh, predictable, kind of trite, expected... These like really obvious rise and fall type stories, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> but uh, Matt Johnson, um, 
directed this one about yeah the blackberry phone um which i'm sure most people have forgotten about at this point like when was the last time you you gave any bandwidth in your mind towards a blackberry mobile phone um i don't think i have since like 2000 i don't think we have because we weren't bbmers but I'd I'd completely forgotten until watching this movie that like oh yeah my dad in like the early two thousands he had a BlackBerry yeah with work and I remember like playing with it and thinking how cool it was and how like advanced it seemed and everything mm-hmm. the whole keyboard on there but yeah just the whole rise and fall story told in like a really a uh, lot of like intense handheld stuff uh, a lot of like improv feeling to it yeah I thought that was like a nice surprise and another biopic type thing to Weigh me the other side of like, okay, maybe maybe there's more that can be done with this that won't mm. irritate or annoy me. Uh, Hiccup from uh, House Training Your Dragon is like the main character in it as well. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Yeah, I had a few like surprising actors in there. Glenn Houghton from Always Sunny. Yeah, I saw him in it. The, yeah. You don't see uh, Hiccup very much in no, film outside, yeah, especially outside of... There's definitely comedic aspects to Blackberry, but it's not the main focus. Mm. Um, it's not necessarily a fully comedic performance. He takes it very seriously. Um, i got to shout out Cocaine Bear for being just the one of those for the year, you know? Where it's like, there's just that one movie that year is, like, hyped up just because of, like, the name or, like, the gimmick... And then yeah. it comes out and like no one cares and no one is ever going to think about it again. Um, uh, yeah, I think everybody forgot that it existed the day it released. Yeah. It's like the marketing campaign is way more exciting than the actual movie itself. Mm-hmm. Nothing in the movie can match like the imagination or the humor yeah. that comes up with the concept. There's, the Wikipedia page is funnier than the film. So just mm-hmm. read the Wikipedia page. Kind of sad, actually. It's like Ray Liotta's final film. It was Ray Liotta's, uh, Really? One of his final roles, and, yeah, directed by Elizabeth Banks. Not a very interesting director to me, but uh, there we go. Shout out to that one. Um, James, do you have one to shout out? Well, I do, and I do, and yeah, it's one we've talked about before, but this is the film that has completely changed my perception of film forever. Mm. I didn't take film seriously my whole life. Born into a family that didn't doesn't view films as art, you know. So naturally, I'm not going to be put in a situation where I can appreciate film and the really finer details of film for what they are. You know, to see you know between the lines and to read more into like scenes and characters and whatnot. But Lahane has fucking completely changed my whole brain chemistry when it comes to films. I've never been more shocked to such an extreme degree every single scene of that movie is 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 art like mm. beautiful gorgeous stunning art there's there's once you've seen that film you're never going to forget some of those scenes it is yeah. my favorite thing ever i don't think i'd like anything as much as lion really 100 percent. yeah really connected with it, you and oh, yeah, I put it on my list too. Because um, I saw, I watched it this year as well. You watched um, it like a few weeks after me because you just, um, you, um, what is it, Adam reco- suggested? Yeah, he recommended it on yeah. Sardonicast like a year ago or so. Um, yeah, it was excellent. It was kind of like French train spotting with a bit more 
It was like French Trainspotting and This Is England kind of combined. Mm. Richest um, films you've recommended for me to watch after watching that? Yeah, yeah. That was awesome. A lot of people know there's like a really famous mirror shot um, yeah. that is always shared around. Gorgeous. Because of how they achieved it and like using like body doubles and then actually not being a mirror and all this kind of cool stuff. Really cool stuff. It's, um, I need to actually look at how they did that scene because that scene is just fucking superb. Mm-hmm. It's... Yeah, it's actually like quite simple how they did it, but like mm. it looked the yeah the um what it achieves is like really cool, and you don't even think about it. Yeah, so I I watched Lahaine. It was really early in the year, and uh, it was the thing is is with films, I always find it difficult to because I'm always in a mood for something. You know, I'm in a mood for like Blade Runner, so I want to watch Blade Runner. But Not many of this those. was a case when I was in the mood for something. I didn't know what it was, and it was just like going on Amazon. It was just like. It caught me if it's black and white, and I was like, looked at the sim, the sim, yeah, the description. Yeah. I was like, fuck it, let's watch this. And I, all, every film I've seen this year has been after, and I've appreciated, appreciated it completely differently. Mm. I am head over heels in love with that film. I'm so glad it's made me appreciate film for what it is. Yeah. It's just like, it, it really got me. It really got me, because the, the start of that film is quite a slow burner. It really takes time to set up that the well, so, atmosphere, yeah, the environment the, of Paris at that time. I'm like trying to s- figure out, okay, what you're saying, like what, where's this going? Yeah, and then it has a very strong ending and how it concludes it all. Really does, but then it really got me at the scene when the main character, played by Vincent Cassel, mm. fabulous, is when it's with the gun. That scene was like fuck. This the cinematography here is so fucking insane. That I cannot like. I paused it for like ten minutes just to like comprehend <laughs> how fucking insane it is, and then it was just like a a fucking nonstop poetry until the end. Especially the scene where they meet that like drug dealer, mm-hmm. and it's like it's fucking it's a bomb about to blow. So intense. Yeah, good tension. Oh, I've just I've, I love that film, and I'm so so glad I took the risk on it this year. Um. I want to shout out the Mario Bros movie. <laughs> um, huh. One of the, it's in the like ten films that made a billion bucks or whatever Rip. this year. It's in there, um, and to me, it marks a tipping point of like, this is yeah, superheroes. Like we have a a few we care about. We care about Batman. We care about Spider Man. The old one here or there, depending on who, like which actors are involved or whatever. Mm-hmm. But that's like that's going down, and the video games—they're rising. The video game movies are here, you know. And like I, I, I put I put Mario Bros, but like there was <coughs> there were heaps this year. The video, like, video game movies, yeah. Gran Turismo movie, <laughs> Last of Us show came out. Um, yeah, and it's like yeah, it feels different now. Like early two thousands, two thousand tens, even like the conversation was always. When are we going to get a good video game movie? Or like Scott Pilgrim comes out and it's like, yeah, it makes $3. And it's like, when is when are people going to care about video games? And it's like, well, I guess if Mario's involved, everyone cares. Um, everyone's going to see it. And it's Illumination, so it's exactly what you'd imagine. And uh, yeah, personally disappointing to me. You could do so much fun like goofy crazy stuff um do you think it's possible to make a good mario movie uh 
you could take the Mario movie that exists now and even with some small tweaks make it a better movie probably mm. um, but it's just yeah so safe like it feels like you know when you're in a theme park and it's showing like little clips of like mm -hmm. the build up hypes <laughs> like it literally feels like that as a movie to me um but get used to it, baby. That's only just beginning. Yeah, time for Zelda. Um, as far as like in the sea of bombs, in the sea of like superhero stuff coming and burning up and blowing up and dying, there was one that rose to the top for me. Blue was, Beetle. Wee! <laughs> uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Yes. James Gunn's last one of these films. Um,. And yeah, I thought it was a really good conclusion, to be honest. I thought it was a good way to wrap up those characters. I thought it was weird. Yeah. Uh, like the like, locations and stuff. Uh, like going gross with it, getting creepy with it. Yeah. Getting it disturbing felt, with it. <laughs> it felt quite brave. It, 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 I, I wouldn't even class it as a Marvel movie. That's what I like about the Guardians movies. They, they feel like a James Gunn movie first. Well, yeah, I feel like the... With a Marvel production. The first behind. one feels the most marvel to me. Yeah. Um, and then he... It's, it feels like he got more and more influence as they, like, went along. As he made and, them more and more money. <laughs> yeah. And then the third one just, like, is his movie. Mm -hmm. He He did what he wanted to do with the characters. And, like you, like you said, took it to some pretty, like horrible and uncomfortable place <laughs> yeah. like, because it, you know what's gonna happen mm -hmm. from like the moment they 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 start getting creepy with it and you know it's like i know how this is gonna play out but i'm still gripped mm -hmm. um yeah because he, he just has i don't know i just quite like his approach to like these pop characters and like the way he fleshes them out just enough yeah. So you can like be invested in each one of them individually and they're all Yeah, everyone's given like a moment and like every one of these mm. characters is fleshed out and given given something. Yeah. Um, yeah. It feels like a good like earned ending. Like the the emotions feel earned when it gets to them and I feel like yeah, it's got like a really good ending. Like the way it all like you know, wraps up. Yeah. It's not too it's... clean. Like they don't feel like they gotta force relationships back into the same place they were mm. like they just conclude it and so like, that's cool yeah that's awesome. it's, it's melancholy yeah and bittersweet and i think it should be mm -hmm. um yeah i was kind of blown away by that movie honestly mm -hmm. yeah lots of like i don't know it's becoming more and more of a litmus test for me where it's like if i can because I've got quite a visual memory. Like I should be able to remember like a lot of different like visuals and different frames from a mm -hmm. film, if it's like made an impression on me. And I, yeah, I can do that for Guardians. I can do that for some of my favourites of the year. Um, I remember yeah. like the, all the different colours and some of those jokes and character moments and whatnot. Um, James, do you have another one? Oh, I do. Um, but it's not a film. It's rather a director. Mm -mm. Because coming off of my found appreciation for film, I decided to check out a director that had been recommended to me a fair bit. Rather a film that was. And that's Dennis Villeneuve's whole entire filmography. And that mainly started with Blade Runner 2077. Mm. 
2049. 2077. I'm getting punk mixed up all the different cyberpunk media. But yeah, I checked out Blade Runner and like it was like a love affair. As soon as I saw his visual style, it's like, boy. And I know I've always been a fan of cyberpunk media, so it was an obvious choice that Mm -hmm. I'm going to watch 2049 and love it. I have uh, a lot of sentimentality for that movie. You know, there's so much to say about it, and we have. We've talked about it a lot before, before I watched it. But yeah, visually amazing. Um, Ryan Gosling's um, K, great. I love it. But then I decided to check out um, Incendies, mm-hmm. which is probably his best film, arguably. Loved it as well. Had me fucking, like, upset. So glad I got recommended it. It's one of his earlier works, but you can really tell it's him. It's, it's a lot more kind of low stakes. It's not got that huge production that his later films have. But yeah. it's... I mean, it's still pretty intense, though. It's yeah. really intense. Um, and I, I rate Incendies as his top film. And then her Arrival. Definitely one that was... That, that movie blew me... It blew my mind. Mm. And I've, I've had um, this... Because I... I the whole thing is that, like, language. Yeah. And the the movie's basically about, like, language and communication. communication. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's exactly what it's um, But it, it meant they had to create a language, a visual language. And there's this video on YouTube that, like, is the, the people who worked on the movie explaining how they did it, how they made that language and I've never watched it but I've meant to for a <laughs> time it's it's like too daunting a topic like what a fun engaging like hook for a character it's like you gotta convert you gotta figure out what these aliens are saying yeah like how, that's so interesting <laughs> yeah that's it, it's never anything really it's, like it's never been done with a alien arriving on earth thing like you it's like situation with a political like situations get more and more extreme as they're struggling to even work out. How yeah, to and they're not. There's like they're not humanoid in any form. Yeah, yeah. So there's no really overlap. unbelievably it's fascinating. It's not, yeah, way they did. Yeah, that movie made me feel dumb because of how clever it is. Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's that. like I could, n- I, I can never think up something no. that genius. No, not yeah, I couldn't. That either. script is like without um, fault. Yeah, but Arrival was really good, and I definitely rate that. It's just a great film, but it's just like the thing of Dennis Villeneuve is he's so fucking good. He's so good that it's like, man, this film's amazing, but it's not your best. Mm. He's that good. And then um, I watched Dune. You know, Dune. There's a, there's a way to feel about that film, and that's that it's just it's setting up number two, and that's all it's kind of doing. So you kind of got yeah. The, I, I the way like... I I feel about it is going to change when the sequel comes out. Yeah, but great it's film. Weird. Visually amazing. It's just fantastic. Movies like that do annoy me. Mm. Yeah, I feel like I've got to like reserve myself a little bit mm. until I can be like, okay, like yeah. this was like earned. <laughs> but like, it, there was like some payoff to all this, you know. I I feel the same way about my movie of the year, which is Spider Man. Not finished across Spider Verse. We'll get back to yeah. We'll get back to Spider-Man. Yeah, just to finish off with Dennis Villeneuve, Prisoners. Mm. Oh my god, yeah. Prisoners is fucking disgustingly yeah. amazing. 
Yeah, if you Hugh like, Jackman um, especially is like, fuck me, you're you're acting so. This is this is insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Paul Dano is good in that too. And Jake Gyllenhaal yeah. as well. Just and that creepy guy, who's in the Dark Knight. Creepy guy. Yeah, the 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 creepy. The guy oh, who's yeah, like, yeah, pretending yeah, I know to be. You mean. He's just he he's also in Suicide Squad. Yeah, James yeah, he's Polka Dot and and, yeah. and Dune. And yeah, he's in Dune. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he's in all of them. He has bit parts in all of. Does he? Yeah. In Dune, he's the um, he's like the. Is he the Doctor? No, no. he's 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 Harkin's side yeah, man. He's a Harkonnen guy. Yeah. It's only small roles. Yeah, and in Blade Runner, he's the guy in the hospital doing the body. He gets like killed. Yeah. Oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah. You notice it? Yeah, he is in all of them. Yeah. He just he, has a really memorable face. Yeah, he's, he's quite a scary-looking guy. <laughs> like, intense-looking. But yeah. Pris- Prisoners is fucking insane. And it's like, mm. if you want a really fucked-up movie, watch watch Prisoners, because the the acting is so masterclass, you're going to love it no matter what. Yeah, and as, like, a detective story, if you're into that whatsoever, then, like... Yeah, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal does a detective so fucking well, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. that, like, Prisoners is definitely probably, like, his top three. <coughs> He's seen Zodiac. No, he's a but I know that's another Zodiac, Zodiac well. one with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zodiac's amazing. But yeah, we've having gone from Lahaine straight to Dennis Villeneuve's. It's like again, I'm appreciating it more because of Lahaine, and yeah. he is now my favorite director, um, Villeneuve. And I'm so I'm looking forward to what he does with Dune 2. And I'm so glad I can appreciate his style in particular, thanks to... Yeah, it's the best way to um, comb through film, in my opinion, is um, by director. Because I used to do it Mm. like it was by actor at first, when I was like a teenager. Mm. Just like a few actors that I liked. But then you figure out that there's like no consistency to that. It's like, why are they like good in this thing, but then they suck in this thing? Mm. And you eventually figure out it's usually because of directors and writers... Um, and yeah, that was something I did. Um, a couple of memorable standouts for me was I like I, I'd zoned in a little bit on the Coen Brothers, and I wanted to fill out some of the filmography I hadn't um, before. And I saw the Hudsucker Proxy and Barton Fink. Um, those are the two big ones. I've, I've been like watch list movies for like mm. years and years and years just there and I've like, always seen that poster and been like why haven't I seen this? I love the Coen Brothers what am I doing? Um, both awesome Barton Fink is uh, you know Jesus from uh, uh, Big Lebowski mm. uh, he's like a writer who's just moved to LA um, uh, and it's like yeah this commentary on like these writer types and yeah, like a period piece and yeah, just all that kind of dialogue you expect from them and the, the quirky characters that they're in like one scene but they're like so memorable or yeah. it's like what the Coen specialise in and the, the Hudsucker proxy was good as well about like a, an idiot guy um, who's like tricked into being the CEO of a company but it doesn't like work out for the board and it's like this big like mess um, yeah that was fun, awesome. There's still a couple more I got to fill out with them, but um, can't really miss when it comes to their writing style, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, I suppose we should do Spider-Man now because that will be up there for me as far as like favorites. Yeah, and it probably is my favorite movie from 2020. 
three. Mm. Um, my 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 like trepidation bar was like I go into every movie with it like full, and you can figure out just like with how in a few minutes like with how things are presented like does this need to stay full? And like by the end of the first scene, I was like, "No, nah, this is thank God. <laughs> yeah, we're here with this. Yeah, um, they got it." They understood the assignment here. Um, yeah, let's just take what we got right in that first one. Let's just fucking amp it up. Yeah, and flesh out. Mm-hmm. Which I think they did. Um, Getting like abstract with the color use, with the visuals, and like just how loose they are with it. Yeah, the the whole dimension hopping stuff, and like it's it. It is a comic book. It's it's the most comic book comic book movie ever. Yeah. You know? Yes. Yeah. It makes yeah, like with just how everything comes together aesthetically and the writing style and like the humor and everything, it just it makes you like you look over then to like something like Black Widow and you're just like Yeah. What is even why do you exist? you know? Yeah, it's And that's like uninspired. twice the budget as well. Mm-hmm. It's just like why can't we? Why haven't we been doing this the whole time? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> all you need is like a solid team of animators, an artistic vision, a few talented uh, uh, animator directors, and then a couple of like comedic writers to actually understand what they're talking about. Um, but it's weird. I, I was saying this the other week. Like, there's this real like trend now with like. It used to just be bad stuff was memed, and that's kind of how you knew something was really bad, is that it was memed a lot. But now it's like both, you know? Like, if yeah. there are memes for like a movie, like Spider-Verse with the... Yeah, like, when it's been memed. And, the yeah, it's like a mark stuff. of like success, like the Oppenheim, Oppenheimer musics and like all these memes yeah. and all these like Barbie clips. It's like, yeah. Being memed is almost like a mark of, mark of success now. Um, that, that popped into my mind for a cross. A marketing success. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a shame about the, the working conditions coming out after the fact. Um, yeah. But I think that's an unfortunate reality for most animation departments across this entire industry. The, yeah. As people have been saying, and I haven't got around seeing it yet, but this new Godzilla movie is being... Uh, why am I why am I blanking on this? Uh, like rewarded, being talked about positively uh, for how good it looks, for how low its budget is, which is being touted as like fifteen million odd, which is low for a film of that kind of scale. Right. Um, but then, like you find out that like working conditions for animators in Japan is like so oh, okay. so abysmal. Yeah, there's that's been a how lot they're of, able to keep costs down. A lot of controversy at the moment over it. A lot. Yeah, and I think, yeah, just the more it's talked about, that's good. Um, because it shouldn't be like... Like, the film was profitable, made a hell of a lot of money. Where's all that money going? Like, it should be going back in so you can I'm pay local. the people who made it, who made it good, mm. to come back and then make it good again. Like, yeah, it's just crazy. Make something else good. Yeah. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, that's the joke over at Sony is like... The projects they ignore, like, wind up being good, but the stuff they tinker with, your Venoms, your Morbiuses and all this <laughs> stuff, like, the th- where they have their focus and the, where their producers are, like, focusing on it's going to be, like, the worst shit you've ever seen. Like, genuinely the worst shit you've ever seen. 
Um, I don't know the um, the hunter guy movie looks kind of fire. <laughs> Craven the hunter. Craven, that's right. <laughs> oh, yeah, bitten by a radioactive lion. <laughs> is it? Or is it a tiger? I can't remember. Well, if we're on the subject of animated films, like mm. I I don't know if this came out this year. For some reason, Letterbox said it came out last year. Last Wish. Lovely, great fucking film. Last, Last Wish. What? Puss in Boots. Oh yeah, that was this year. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah, right. Was it? Yeah, I saw that in February. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I think it's because in some parts of the world they were like releasing it in like late December or something. So it like oh, okay. gives it a twenty. Yeah, it's really confusing that like but crossover period. I I saw I actually saw that in the cinema this year, and yeah, just just it made me really happy. Just a really sweet yeah. film. And we're at a point now where it's like and Pixar, you're boring, man. DreamWorks. In saying that, though, uh, that I, d- I had to write down the names. It's so fucking forgettable. Ruby Gilman, Teenage Kraken. That was the other DreamWorks movie this year. Oh. It was like. Woohoo! Bad news bears that one. Was that like classic DreamWorks? Like, that was like classic. No one's gonna ever think about this ever again. DreamWorks. Yeah, you know? well, I mean, with a name like that, but it's like not even like <coughs> B movie or Monsters vs Aliens. Like they're so bad into a degree where it's like you can you can meme it and make fun of it. Yeah. But this is like you don't even you're not even giving me the oxygen to make fun of you. That's how like. Mm. Nothing you are boring, yeah. But Puss in Boots that was golden, really good, really, really good. I'm thinking about that wolf and I want to watch it again. <laughs> you horned up over <laughs> who the fuck isn't? <laughs> I haven't seen it. That, that, um, no, that, that film is, is really good, and you should watch it because it's just like a really like you don't even have to watch the previous ones because it's just like it's just about you know, Puss in Boots. I can catch up to date on that. <laughs> I got my own Puss in Boots. I want to shout out the boy in the heron. Um, I saw that in Canada. Um, had an awesome time. It's oh, is that the Gibbles? The new, yeah, the new Gibbles. The Gibbles. Um, well, yeah. Speaking of animators that are treated horribly. Oh right, yeah, yeah. Um, do you know? Who, do you know who, who who animated Ghibli films? Who? Oh Christ! Um, yeah. Stunning, uh, creative, um, complex. Now it's dealing with these ideas of like grief. Um, I can't wait to see it again. To be honest, we have to wait a, a little bit. I think it's how like a cr- Boxing Day or yeah, something here really in soon. the UK. Really? Yeah. That's um, a really annoying time. It is an annoying time. It is an annoying time. Sorry. Um, and yeah, it's one of it's one of the only times I will actually. Submit to watching the dub. Um, Robert Pattinson. Yeah, seeing those clips of him as the heron is quite, quite interesting. Because mm. the heron had like a crazy voice in the Japanese version. Um, yeah, just totally my kind of. Yeah, I'd shit. like to see that. I would like to see it too. I like a gibble. I've, I've, I've only seen one. Really? I've only seen one Ghibli film. Which? Kiki's Delivery Service 2. Kiki's Delivery Service and Spirited Away. I need to watch okay, Princess Mononoke because yeah, that's, that, that's, that's like got Mononoke. The bug one is cool as well. Mm. Toto, my neighbor Toto as well. Bit cringy. It's very yeah. It's very like kiddie. Yeah, it's for babies. Who cares? It's good animation. I see. Why? Well, thank you, sir, sire. 
I see you've got um, Blue Beetle on your list. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, do. I'm gonna this just to speed this up. I'm gonna combine Blue Beetle, Shazam, Fury of the Gods, The Flash, Blue Beetle. Is that all the main ones? What else was it? Yeah, I guess th I'd also put like the Marvels if I'd seen it, which I haven't yet. Probably in this category as well, where it's like you done fucked it up. <laughs> you know, like that's that's all the award you get. Yeah, you know, where it's like the Flash looked kind of fire though. Too much. <laughs> I was sat there and I was like, I was feeling crazy when I, I saw Aquaman as a recording this yesterday. Um. I suppose Aquaman can go in there too in that same section. Yeah. Um, just thinking like, man, there was there was a novelty to sitting down, what was it, 2018 or something, that first Aquaman film came out and it's like the humour that was inherent to like sitting down to a packed cinema to watch an Aquaman film Yeah. with the casting being controlled by Zack Snyder and it being like this rushed together film Made but directed by James Wan, crazy mm. just combination. Did James Wan come back for the sequel? He did direct, and I think he did the story as well nice. in the sequel. Um, but it's like, yeah, and then Smash Cut five years later, and it's like this shit ain't funny anymore, man. Mm. Humor is like, the humor's lost now. Yeah, like, this shit ain't funny. While you were ahead, like, yeah, it's like it's just kind of fucking sad to be honest. You know, mm. it's like desperate. It's like. Yeah, Blue Beetle's gonna change the game, guys. Blue Beetle's gonna change things. Blue Be- Oh, everyone loves Blue Beetle and his certain dynamic he brings, huh? And then it's like, you watch the movie and it's like, Blue Beetle, no villain, Blue Beetle's here. Hold on, ding, bing. Were you just describing a Transformers film? No, that was Blue Beetle. He kind of looks like a Transformer sometimes. He does kind of look like a Transformer when he gets his big sword. Um, so, from what I can gather, you quite enjoyed it? Yeah, it was pretty cool. Like a 8 out of 10, mm. probably. Not the strongest DC output, but... Um, no, it's like... It's, like it's, it's crazy, because this is not small amounts of money we're talking about. Each no. one of these movies is 100 to 200 million a pop. They're just pissing. They're, they they are pissing money, and Disney especially. Like they they are happily just pissing money into the drain. Don't don't let DC get away with this though, either. Like WB, like at oh, least WB, at least yeah. at least you can say with Disney there was a period where Marvel movies were making mm -hmm. a billion every single time they released one. There was a period where the live action remakes were making a billion. But like, what does DC like? What confidence did they have? Like what? What were they thinking? Like, like even on a good year, like something like Shazam, Fury of the Gods, like, oh, hey, Emil, you gonna play some chess? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I understand. Um, yeah, they, they were trying to play catch up when, like, they had already lost the race. You know, they were trying to catch up to the person who was celebrating. Yeah, and we all know that like playing a desperate catch-up, scra a scrambling desperate catch-up is always going to work out well. 
Definitely yeah. not going to wind up in a Flash situation where you sink like 10 years of production and hundreds of millions. Um, How much money went into that movie? It must have wound up being like 300 million or so. And I suppose I can also, in this kind of segment, push in their uh, Indiana Jones 5, similar story, where it's just like, everything about this is like the wrong angle, it's too long, it like is missing the fun, vibrancy of those original films, it just feels out of place, the budget is so ridiculously overinflated that there's like no chance in hell it's ever gonna make its money back. And there's just something like sad and defeating about it. It's like, how lame is that? That like a, a, a new Indiana Jones film came out. I'm the only one that saw it. Yeah. No one cared. No. And now it's done forever. Yeah. That that's that was kind of ruined from Crystal Skull. There. Yeah. They they used up all their good favor. I agree. But still poop. Um, the Flash, yeah, the Flash was like maybe the craziest one out of all of those, just in terms of like, oh wow, they're actually not just gonna tax right off this. Like this is, this is actually coming out, and you're like, <laughs> Michael Keaton like doing the, the press, and it's just like this crazy, this crazy mess, and they're trying to hide Ezra Miller's involvement, and like, mm. oh, oh, what a crazy. And the mess. the guy who plays Zod. In his just shit talking the film. Yeah, basically. he's just shitting all over it. He's like, <laughs> you know, he's like, I didn't even want to do it, but like, I just had to show up like for one day. You'd have to, yeah, you'd have to be like stupid because the paycheck would be obscene. Yeah, for no work. For like, yeah, for like a day's work, and like, you don't even have to like take off your mask, and it's like you probably you're you're eighty percent CG anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah, very, very embarrassing indeed. But something I was expecting to be embarrassing that wound up actually being pretty awesome was um that new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Because I've never cared about that franchise. I still don't really care about it, but I saw uh, Trent Reznor, Nine Inch Nails, did the score for it. Um, I saw that on Spotify. And was like going through some of the tracks and was like, this is kind of, this is kind of cool. Interesting. And then you see it's like produced by Seth Rogen and a bunch of like comedians or whatever. And it's like, okay, this is interesting. It's like credited on the story and stuff. Let's see what happened here. I don't exactly love. It's not called Food Fight, but it looks like Food Fight. What is it? Oh, shit. The, the religious one. The religion food. one. Sausage Party. Sausage Party, yeah. Like, I think he wrote that, and that was... Awful. That was not good. I hate that, that was, movie. That was bad news. Let's but open that but this was actually kind of cool. It was, like, cute, breezy, knew what it was, was actually kind of funny. Instead of, like, Johnny Knoxville, like, voicing the turtle, it was, like, actual, like, kids. Like, Zoomers. Yeah. Um, Zoomy. And yeah, they like there's a hell of a lot of like reference humor, but I don't know. It kind of just it felt like appropriate because that is what Zoomers are like, you know. Mm. They just speak in Fortnite references. Um, True. So I thought that was appropriate. Really different. Ice Cube is like the villain. He's this like he's fly guy or something. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. cool and fun. As a, uh, it's like it's confidently ugly. 
Like, you know, it's kind of doing the Spider-Verse thing. Yeah, that you, bugged me about it. That kind of bugged me from the trailers too, but in, like, actually watching it, it was like, oh, this is... This is what's setting it apart from a Spider-Verse. Right. From a Puss in Boots thing where it's like... No, like, character... The character designs are, like, they're, like, repulsive and crazy looking. Mm. Like, actually, like, so wrong. Like, intentionally wrong in, like, a cool kind of stylized way. Um, which I dug. Cool colors as well. I had, like, a really... I don't know. It just, it just was gross. It looked gungy, oozy, and gooey, like mm. you know, like a- animals like, in a fucking sewer shit. Yeah, yeah. So I was into that. Um, as far as like in this in this world of flops and shits and these big sci-fi tentpoles and whatever, there was one original one, the the uh, the creator that was wedged in the middle there. A spark of hope in the original sci-fi space. Um, looked really cool from the trailers. Kind of looked like... Do you know anything about Gareth Edwards? He did like the 2014 Godzilla. He did Rogue One. He mm. did... Uh, he did this little film called Monsters, which was like made for like $5. Which was okay. Um, and yeah, this is his latest. Uh, but it winds up being kind of a all star, no substance, like sci-fi thing, where it really reminded me of, um, what's the District Nine, nine guy called? Uh, um, Blomkamp, Neil yeah. Blomkamp, yeah. Uh, where I love District Nine, and I don't mean that level, I'm talking more like Elysium or Chappie type thing, where it's like, the crux is something like Chappie, where it's like, I'm Chappie, I'm alive, I'm an AI, and it's this big philosophical question. Yeah, kind of like packaged in this small little intimate story, they kind of do a similar thing where it's like, it's the kid with the AI, and it's like this the special kid. You're the special chosen robot kid, right? And all of this type shit. Um, and yeah, it just doesn't come together. It doesn't have the dialogue. But man, the visuals are very cool. It like really feels wasted. Um, and like Hans Zimmer does the soundtrack, and it's like I don't remember a single like theme or. Anything from That's that. kind of typical for Hans Zimmer, though, isn't it? Yeah, I feel like with the the Oppenheimer score being as, as good as it was and it not being Zimmer was kind of, like, interesting to me. Yeah. So, well, maybe Nolan has more, like... He, he communicates exactly what he wants a little bit clearer and it's not, like, just Hans Zimmer mm. um, as much. I don't know. I can't remember the last Zimmer score I, like, loved. Um, the remake of The Lion King. <laughs> uh, you guys have anything else you want to shout uh, out? I've got many. Go for it. Should probably also mention going off of Blade Runner being mentioned. I also did watch the original, the original director's cut, which is an important statement. I feel like I need to make. I've not seen any of the others, and I'm not going to. Gorgeous film. Iconic. Is the director's cut the best the one? Best one? Yes, I think that's argued this the best one because it keeps so a lot. Is of that the, the final cut? Final cut? It's a, yeah, final cut. Yeah. Yeah. The director's cut's a different one, isn't it? I think the director's cut is the one you don't want to watch. Fuck it. Ignore what I just said. I started watching it the other night, and it's final. You want final? The I final think. cut. The base is on YouTube. Just watch one on YouTube. Because right. buying, well, buying the, movies through YouTube is really easy. There's one on it. Amazon Prime at the minute that I started watching, That's, and it's got the narration. 
Yeah, if you hear the narration, just turn it off. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It makes it so much worse. I mean, mm. I've been watching it, and... The, you get a few details which are cool. that Like, things that can't naturally be brought up in the movie, so he just says them. Um, but... It's too overt, it's too like... Yeah, most of the time it's just like... Like a scene happens, then he's like, so this just happened in the scene you just watched. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. now I'm doing this It's like thing. condescending. Yeah. Mm. He's just telling you what he's doing while he's doing it. It's, yeah, it's... And the whole like, charm of that movie is that it's, it's empty. There's a lot of times when it's like... You're and just, you just yeah. want to sit in the atmosphere of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You can't and do that if someone just droning. And that, that Vingales soundtrack. I'm so glad, having watched it after 2049, that that, that Vingales score is... It's something else. That's the main it's thing for me where like there's more it's more complicated with everything except the music, which yeah. I prefer one hundred percent in the Yeah. In the original. Beautiful. It's it's less like just smashing you over the head with like the hands this up. place sucks. Look how big everything is. Big deep Brutalism. Yeah, Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer. Great sound. Actually, it's quite good. It is a good soundtrack. The, the, it's most, just... the best songs on that soundtrack are Hans Zimmer and someone else. Like Joy. Mm -hmm. It it just doesn't give you the same feeling of that world. That, where that, like, that it, beautiful. The original Blade Runner feels like like real. Like it's it's but, a play. These people just live there like. It's a bit more it's like noirish as well. It's, yeah, it's extremely yeah. more fitting for that. It feels more grounded mm. in that, like, it's it's not this overly apparent. And I think that that does come from the soundtrack. It does. You know, you get a total different mood from from the oppressive, like, stuff you can't ignore. But if it's smooth jazz, yeah, because it it's um, pops up, like, the um, blush response, the song blush response, is really kind of upbeat. And I was just mm. using that part of the movie, so it really is just gorgeous. I'm so, it, like, there's a reason I'm now like kind of obsessed, even more so with cyberpunk media, and it's because of Blade Runner. Mm. Yeah. I'm so That's glad I've off. finally actually seen the the origin of where the entire style mm -hmm. kind of moved on yeah. from. Yeah, and moved it, on yeah, from. It definitely makes sense. Move um. on. But now then, everything I've said throughout of of you know Dennis Villeneuve and um, everything else. It's not applicable to the, my next conversation. John Woo films. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to talk about John Woo films because they Quite are... different. <laughs> they are amazing. I've gone through his entire Hong Kong, peak Hong Kong discography. So I've done Better Tomorrow 1, 2, The Killer, Hard Boiled, and Bully in the Head. And I've, I'm absolutely in love with that era of his direction. They are, and I think he said so himself, they're not like, from a, an extreme film critic's views and the way that there is the science of film, you know. Yeah. He completely disagrees with it and he, he does things, he thinks it looks cool. Yeah, yeah he doesn't care about theory at he, all. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you can see that in his films and that's why they're good. Because uh -huh. they're just, they're, you, you don't go into them thinking this is a very serious film. It's like, it's just goofy. Yeah, they're it feels like a John Woo film. Yeah, and they're, they're amazing for that. Yeah, he did have a film this year, which apparently wasn't that good in the end. Silent Night. Silent Night. Um, I'll, I'll see it eventually. But yeah, I'm with you on Hard Boiled. We watched that together. We did, we watched that. Um, um, and I had a good time with that. My biggest takeaway was probably that one towards the end. Really fun action. Throwing the sprinkling of the humour in with the baby and stuff. Like, there's some good 
good combo right there. It, like his films are just like it's a really loose narrative that doesn't make sense. That's just joining cool gunfights. The rule and, of cool, baby. And that, that's that's the only thing that matters. And I love his early ones like Better Tomorrow because it's like they're not as so much about the gunfights. It's where that formula like he knew they was onto something. And there's <laughs> there's a few f- scenes from Better Tomorrow which are like that's fucking cool. He knows where he's gonna take this. And then you get the killer, where it's just like so romantically cool that I just I love it. And there's a reason why Max Payne is whole formula comes from John Wick. Yeah. And, and like Matt, uh, we Max, watched uh, Face Off as well. We did, year, we? which and I've got yeah, strong opinions about it. Yeah, you didn't. You didn't so... like it. No, it's funny as fuck. It's it's, it's, fu- it's one so of the funniest. It's hilarious. I, 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 the fact there's a big Hollywood production as well makes it even funnier. It is. Like, <laughs> I saw it as a kid, obviously, but then I didn't know John Woo. I didn't know the yeah, style, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I, I didn't. I kind of thought, oh, that's cool. Yeah, and when you're, you're watching, kids. when you're watching it now, it's like he's got the face of his enemy. And he's fucking. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so fucking batshit insane. And I love it for that. But I, in watching Face Off, I can see where Hollywood ruined his core style. The style that he had from Hong Kong has been like diluted, but it makes up for it in how how absurd it <laughs> is because it absolutely is absurd. But yeah, I think Nicolas Cage can like be really credited for kind of carrying that film. John Travolta, man, as well. Though. Yeah, they're, they're, no, they're, they're playing both, each both other. Of them. It's just cra- yeah, it's just well, crazy. No, because I f- I forgot that. It was John Travolta being Nicholas Cage. Yeah, that's how good they both are. <laughs> yeah, they, they like absolutely nailed the premise. <laughs> it's just so fucking funny. So it's uh, unreal. We we were scream laughing so much. Yeah, the fact it. the fact it exists, I'm so grateful for and it. And the fact that it's a yeah. John it's a, it's just a John Woo film. And it, it's like white, I'd say that's white. the only way to make it work, is yeah. that style of direction. Yeah. Like I I love I love face off, but I I'm like romantically affectionate towards his Hong Kong films. I personally, having seen the majority of them, Bullet in the Head is probably his peak film because it, it manages the serious tone as well as the goofy like gunfights. Right. I think it it does it perfectly when it's, it's basically a Hong Kong crime film during the Vietnam War. Mm. So it's like weird setting that is so... Like it had me crying at the end because I was like, fuck, this is so emotional. I love this. So I definitely would probably rate it uh, Bullet in the Head, The Killer, Hard Boiled, Better Tomorrow uh, 2 and Number 1. Like, Hard Boiled is just funny and obscene, and you can really see where, why that kind of led to Hollywood from Hard Boiled. Bro, do you have any others, major ones that are standing out in your mind? Uh... I mean, Barbie kind of has to be yep. brought yeah, up Barbie because on of... Um, because we brought up Oppenheimer as well. Like, yeah. You have to bring them both up. We've already talked about it. Um, I definitely liked Oppenheimer a lot more than Barbie. Yeah, way more. Um, I'll revisit Oppenheimer. I'm not going to rush back to seeing Barbie anytime soon. But I did. in saying that, I did enjoy it. Um, yeah, it's... I found it a little bit irritating. Yeah, um, definitely like... Th- th- not every joke was landing for me. Um, no, but, but it wasn't annoying me though. Either. It wasn't like a bad comedy for that. I just no. Like um, a lot of the jokes just felt like yeah, that just wasn't for me. Um, I I just I don't like what the movie means, and it. What do you mean by that? As well, in, how politicized it is? You mean? 
No, as in like what it means for the toy industry. Oh right. Well, the Lego movie has already ruined that. Well, yeah, that's one of the reasons I'm I'm not as crazy about the Lego movie. But um, but can Barbie... you blame? But like, you could say the same about Star Wars, though. Well, which ones? The the originals. The originals. Like the the OGs. That they were made to sell toys. Do you think he made that first movie to sell toys? Well, like it's known how much of like a ruthless businessman the guy. Yeah, it's true. How... I just don't associate like. Like George I, Lucas I just mean more how a thing comes out, everyone loves it, it starts like trends of everyone copying it. Like, yeah, yeah. Is it the copycats that are the bad thing? Well, or no, the but I mean, I'm, I'm not like blaming the Lego movie, it's just like it's become something else since the fact. Well, it's like, yeah, you know? they, they uh, the conclusions corporations take away from the success of these things is always the wrong one. They don't see, yeah. oh, it was because it was a good movie. They just see, oh, it was a successful Lego movie based on brand. But I don't think Barbie would exist without the Lego movie. No. Um, and Barbie tries a lot more to, like, to talk about big businesses and, and their wrongdoings. And I don't know, the Lego movie did do that a lot. President Business and... Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> it's just wrapped up in a different, like, if... Yeah, I keep saying true. that, um, the... Greta Gerwig is the director who's known for these types of movies. So they're, they're, they're full of commentary, um, usually from women's perspective. Um, mm. And yeah, that to me is one of the more important things with the film. Is like, do I feel like it's the a director and a, or writer yeah. saying something? And Barbie felt like another one of those. Like an Oppen Oppenheimer feels like a Nolan film. Um, yeah, for me it just gets to a point where like if if you're speaking from a certain place Then what you're saying is being devalued by its surroundings You know if 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 Barbie is saying like Like we, we want equality mm -hmm. like economic equality It's like for, made by a giant business with all these like businessmen characters who are just like Played off to be kind of goofy, that yeah. And well, uh, this is like, I I remember coming to notice this and this issue. Uh, this, I guess you'd call it what a contradiction, a um, yeah, conflict I guess. of interest, or yeah. like just a, a pl it's it's that intersection of art and commerce where, yeah, it is kind of funny that in Mister Robot the enemies are megacorps, but you're watching it on Amazon, on Amazon. Prime, yeah. I remember having that thought when watching it. I don't know mm -hmm. if it's on Prime in America or whatever, but it is in the UK. Um, and yeah, the whole crux is like, we've got to take down Megacorps. And yeah. And it's, it's like being funded on the like... biggest <laughs> yeah. streaming website. Yeah. Um, but that's just the cyberpunk future we live in, I think. Yeah, it's also slightly different where Barbie is like an established commercial product IP. Um, so attaching yeah. stuff like that to Barbie can sort of, and like, you know, you just know this is being filtered through the Mattel, like, producers. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Like, it's, it's obviously true that there's like a boardroom angle of like, we got to get cool, trendy, auteur director mm -hmm. to take this like outdated thing and like modernize it. Yeah, repackage it in a way to kind of resell it 
to like new generations and make this thing cool again because like when was the last time you like thought about barbie why would yeah. we exactly that's what i'm saying no but we're grown men but that's what i'm saying but now like everyone is thinking about barbie it's in the mind's eye um mm-hmm. everyone saw the film whether yeah, they true. really cared about it or not <clears throat> true you didn't but it- and what what I'm trying to say is I'm I'm fine with the film. the f- The film is normal. Ryan Gosling rocks in it. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it, it's the move, it, the movie that turned me on to thinking, okay, this this guy rocks. Really, that was the Thank one. You. Yeah, I mean, like in in the only other movie I've really enjoyed to the, to a, a massive degree with him was Blade Runner. Um, okay. Whereas for me, he was always like, there was like a flow chart and it, Ryan Reynolds and Ryan Gosling were on the same one. Mm. And Ryan Reynolds decided to go down whatever would make the most money. And Ryan Gosling was like, I want to actually pick some kind of interesting projects. Yeah. <laughs> but there was also a time where he was doing the, um, the guy who directed Drive. Winding Raffin. Yeah. And they they made another movie together, the pine which, one. Yeah, yeah, Place Beyond the Pines. That was him. Pretty sure. Not the Place Beyond the Pines. The other one, right? It's all like neon. Ryan Gosling, um, Kitty. That's drive. Isn't dark, it? Tick, dark no. Kitty, Mr. Kitty, Mr. Dark Kitty, something like that. Mr. Fat Pussy or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it is that dark. It is dark something. What the fuck are you talking about? I, oh, fucking hell, Alex. The Dark Knight. I don't see him in the Dark Knight. He he was Batman, right? Like when? What was it called? He was the Joker, baby. He was good in the Nice Guys. Only God Forgives. Is it that one? Yes, yes. I think so. Yeah, and that that movie got clowned. That's right. Twenty thirteen. That was Winding Refn. Yeah. So then then I got the the perception that Ryan Gosling's a bit of a twat, like pretentious kind of. Right. You, you yeah. know how you come to these conclusions. And then I saw him in The Nice Guys. Um, but I kind of background watched that movie. And I was like, that was fine. Um, yeah, he's funny in that movie. And then and then Blade Runner, I saw him in. I was like, oh, he does quite a good, like, stoic, confused guy. Sad man. Yeah. And then he did Barbie, and it was like, he's singing and dancing and just fuck. being funny. Yeah. You know, he's, he's got the humor gene. He puts his whole, like, fat pussy, pussy in it. <laughs> <coughs> yeah. But yeah, Bar- Barbie is a fine, good movie, but I don't like its existence. It's definitely like... God, it might be the zeitgeist movie of the whole year. Yeah, I think so. And I, I think it's it's just another step towards the total social degradation. <laughs> No, that's com- capitalism. Communism. No, capitalism. Um, Don't. Did you guys... Oh, I need to shout out Bo's Afraid. That was... I want to see that. Probably my favourite horror movie of the year. Scary. Um, is doing a lot. Is very unusual. Is not... Has a weird, like... A weird pace to it. Especially the first time. But upon rewatch, it's like... It's, un- it's unlike anything else. It's got some sequences that... Are, uh, I've ne- I've never I've uh, untrue. I've had a f- couple of films like kind of put me in a dreamlike like trance state. Good. I've had that happen a couple times. 
is kind of almost like gooning. Um, Film gooning. But like, there's a there's a point in Bo's Afraid that is like, it, it is it like puts you into a trance. It's cra it's crazy. Did you have a seizure? And it's such a like, no, it's like the opposite. It's like, mm. yeah, like emotionally overwhelming in the best possible way. And it's like such a good. Uh, it's so fucking anxiety inducing, and uncomfortable. And yeah, that director is good. And so Ariaster just knows how to make your skin crawl. Um, yeah. Yeah, big, big fan of that. And that was a huge flop as well. <laughs> uh, fuck The Little Mermaid. Just want to throw that out there. Fuck that film. Um, Hitman. Hitman. Um, yeah, that was David Fincher's um, oh, the hit latest. Man. The Hitman. Um, no, was it The Killer? Oh, yeah. No, Hitman was a, the... the, um, uh, the yeah, that game? other movie I saw in... Um, in Canada, yeah, I got nothing to say about him, man. Um, no, The Killer was the new Fincher movie. It was proven a bit more controversial. A lot of people don't like it. I quite enjoyed it. Um, definitely not one of his better films, but his uh, like clinical style is like just really entertaining to me. Um, I haven't seen Fassbender and anything good in a while too. I like seeing him again. Um, Very good actor. Also, middle fingers, middle fingers up to the FNAF movie. Kind of similar bucket as the uh, the Mario movie, where it's just mm -hmm. like, girl, here we just yeah, open the doors. It's just, yep, yeah, here we are. It is abysmal, though. We never talked about it. <laughs> yeah, I forgot you'd seen it. Yeah. It's such a fantastically awful film. It's kind of like what I was saying about... What movie was I even talking about? Where it's like there's there's nothing there's nothing to even make fun of. That DreamWorks movie, that was it. Where it's like not mm. not funny, bad. That, that it's not the... memeable. It's just fucking nothing. Yeah, it was it was so disappointing. And like I th yeah, that first game, like that premise, I feel like is pretty easy to just make a spooky movie from. Uh, Why did you have to have like the the FNAF cast fucking dancing around and like making a, a den? Out of sheets and stuff like that's a portion of the movie and yeah spoilers alert but fuck fuck fnaf yeah fuck, like it's, honestly it's, it's really fucking bad i feel like it it betrayed what like i know mario played up too much it was like a, a roller coaster remember this video games yeah remember berry shit but fnaf was like this is this this isn't even a horror movie no. you've you've you're like they didn't care at all. No. But, like, Scott Cawthorn wrote it and stuff. I mean, maybe if it was in the original <laughs> creator's hands, it would have actually been treated with some respect, but I don't know. For now. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I got a shout-out to the Stop Making Sense A24. Um... Mm. Mentioned that a little bit more in the music bit, but uh, that's kind of most of the main ones. I did watch The Fast and the Furious and Too Fast, Too Furious with James this year. Um, Great, yeah, Too fucking Fast, films. Too Furious is probably the best one. It's not yeah, the it's whole not. series. It's definitely the gayest one. Yeah. It's extremely gay, and it's great for it. Um, <laughs> like as far as that unintentional humor, where like. They're trying to be as like macho and awesome as possible, and it's yeah. like just coming out a completely well, different. Way. You're gonna have to give you uh, break your heart. You're gonna have to watch it. 
for the simple reason is you're not going to enjoy GTA 6 without it. Mm. <laughs> oh, is that the one you got? <laughs> the matching Fast and Furious. <laughs> too Fast, Too Furious. And they're both in Miami, Florida. Oh, yeah. They're, so, so, so they're, they're basing all the car shit in GTA 6 off that. Great um, they're just shit. They're, they're fucking crap. And it annoys me that the car community has like... They're in, a, they're in like Stockholm Syndrome with that shit. Because they're crap, they're shit. They're garbage <laughs> films, they're terrible, they do nothing good for cars. They do nothing good for the car community. They're just quite shit. But at least Too Fast and Furious is a bit funny. Did you guys have any other majors to throw out for this one? Uh, Mission Impossible was pretty fun. Mm. Yeah, it's I not my favourite Mission Impossible. No. Um, I've, I've, it was I've, solid. I, I would say I've actually I went back and watched um, all the Mission Impossible films from two three again, like one and two. You just they're too aged. <laughs> the, like, you didn't watch John Wick, but did he he did two, he did didn't two he? Yeah. yeah. I didn't I didn't watch a John Wick one, and it was mainly because I I started with three because it was so I always start with three or whatever, and it was like there was no identity to Mission Impossible. No, it didn't have no. its thing. No, no. But then it it's followed up by Ghost Protocol. And that's the tower one in the with the yeah. And it was like, oh shit. That's that right, because three was JJ. Early. Yeah. Yeah, JJ is the master of like reflip, repackage. Yeah, no personality. And I, I watched all of them and I watched Fallout again and it was just like, oh fucking fuck boy. That's the one. Fallout is the best action movie ever made. It's up there. It's probably up there. <laughs> it is. Um It's somewhat fire. But yeah, not the the new one. I've, I'm just waiting for that part two. Yeah, Nine again, May. this the, I don't like this trend. It's irritating. But Mission Impossible did at least feel like a full film. Yeah, like it, it does wrap up. Like it, it's it is cliffhangery. But yeah, um, well, the whole thing was structured clearly to be like this is half of it. Yeah, it's and it's end, the same with Spider Verse. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and it is a little bit irritating because I want to go. It, if I want to watch a TV show, I'm expecting cliffhangers. If I go to watch a movie at the cinema, it's like that's meant to be a package. You know, this. I don't know why this is happening. It's like. See, sequels used to. You, you didn't lead into a sequel like that. I, I mean, I guess. Uh, like Empire Strikes Back did. I mean, it's, maybe it's not yeah, a new that's thing. The thing. But, it is a little bit irritating for so many franchises to be doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. But I don't it's not it. like, I don't know, it's, you can have a whole conversation about that. Yeah, let's say yeah, that. Yeah. It's like a different, like the Harry Potter way of doing it is different from the Hobbit way yeah. of doing it, from the Spider-Verse way of doing it, from the new Hunger Games way of doing it, from the mm-hmm. f- fucking uh, Fast and Furious has done it. We, we None of us saw the... The one from this year, even no, because it's crap. It looks shit, um, yeah. and that does a halfway uh, well, thing as well. While we're talking about action movies, John Wick Four came out as well. <clears throat> Another film I went to the cinema to see. I've I've seen way more films in the cinema than I thought. It's more like I like the Donnie Yen stuff. I, I'm just not the biggest John Wick guy. Um, I no. know everyone like loves him, but I I like I just find them all too long. Um, um, I yeah yeah I so I watched three. Like I've seen one. Never bothered of two, and I think that's a good thing, probably. Yeah, you can skip two, really. Um, I watched Two's three. My favorite one, yeah. I watched three, wait, literally, like, day before going to see four in the cinema. But yeah, four has some nutty scenes, and Donnie Yen, as you said. Yeah, goes yeah, That's off. my favorite bit. So, so good. Like, I started rewatching it recently, 
and I was way nicer to it on the second rewatch. It's like, yeah, this isn't as bad as I thought, but it does go on. Hence, I have not finished the rewatch. It's far too long. It's far too. Yeah, long. it's it's a movie I'd be cool with just being like. Oh, that scene. I, I just feel like watching that scene. Yeah. And then just watching that. It would have to be, yeah, like on in the background. It's like, oh, we're at that bit. Let's like yeah. pay attention. Like okay, the, now they're back and, to And like, the, the bit, the the like uh, Hotline Miami. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was getting, very cool. That's, that, that was like beyond cool. That was mind-blowing. When we got there in the movie, sat in the cinema, it's like, shit, yeah. That, that to me is the, the peak of the film. Because then it does the whole stare bit. Where he goes up the, the stairs, st- and gets I, I kind of like the stairs. Yeah, the stairs bit's funny. I got, I got, like, I got, I got, yeah. I got was frustrated at it, and I was just like, "We got." To I feel like that's that kind of the point. Yeah, I yeah. know that's the point, but that just because it is the point doesn't mean you can't. I feel like the, that's yeah. that scene shot and even unedited, unedited exactly the same in a, a shorter version of that movie where the other action scenes didn't feel as arduous. So there is this one crazy arduous one. Yeah. To uh, like yeah. accentuate. Yeah. How yeah much compared to like... I, I think it's it's just indicative of the whole series though. And that, that that scene climbing scene is like, yeah, we get it too. We we go... A bit of self-awareness. Yeah. And it, it's the point. Like mm. it's just ridiculous. Yeah, I get that. It's just like, I need, I need like... A central character's like motivation or thrust to be something I can. Yeah, because well, when you really think about it, John Wick is like a psycho. <laughs> he's, a, he's just an awful man. Yeah, because he's Keanu and everyone likes Keanu because mm-hmm. we all know how great of a guy Keanu is. Mm-hmm. Then it's just like yeah, and, like the character. The character has nothing to lose. Like the whole thing is about like he's he's already lost lost his wife and that's why he snaps in the first one is because of the dog. Yeah, yeah. And it's like everything. All the drama's kind of already happened to the character. No, it's just yeah, like, he's he's just like a demon, just <laughs> yeah, he's like so powering the whole planet. Yeah, it's a very video gamey for that. But um, it had it four has the best set pieces of the I the think whole quadrilogy. They, uh, yeah, we, the bit just, in the car when he's like driving. Yeah, around the, the, see, that's the thing. It's just like all they need to do is like cut Osaka down a bit. Uh, they could have cut the German bit down a little bit, and then at least then the Paris bit would have been a bit more better. Just cutting like it's like the whole up. side quest with the like guy in the yeah in the nightclub. They've night got to have the nightclub there. Yeah, there's a nightclub in all of them. And but the, the the thing is, the nightclub bit starts with the poker game, and that's that's that whole scene is fucking insane. And that all, all three of them are playing. They all want to kill John Wick. So it's like yeah. that. That is. I, I love just, that shit, man. I, with the dog. Oh. Yeah, the guy with the dog. Because that was something that blew me away in three. It's so I'm really, I'm really glad they brought a different character in to have a dog. Yeah. It's one yeah. dog. It's less dogs. But yeah, that was the best part of three from memory. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah, like I still think three is better because three is just special. Yeah. Um, and the last film I wanted to shout out was, I think it's called the Seventh Seal. Um, it wasn't from this year. It was just another one of those watch list films that I've just had for ages by uh, Ing- Ingmar Bergman. Um, it's a uh, you know Max von Sydow. It was like him when he was young. He's like playing like a knight, and he's like in a chess game against the physical embodiment of death. And it's like this period piece, um, really cool, weird film. Is the is death a wolf? 
No, it's just like oh. a guy dressed up in black. Um, yeah, really good script, really memorable little mm. story. Um, I just love these like ninety-minute films as well. I think that I love a ninety-minute film, man. I think that's yeah. like mm, that's something. It's getting to the point where like if I start watching a film and I see it's two hours, I just like give up. Yeah, it's when it goes over three for me where I'm a bit like you gotta earn that yeah. shit you gotta earn my investment in this um, yeah I've just not had much time as of late so when I watch a film I, I want like to be able to do that and have other free time you know yeah I get Instead you of just all my yeah. time going to one movie then going to bed um, so I've only got like I want to move to the TV um, I was going to suggest we do the TV section mid-break okay. music games. I don't have much for TV. Um, I don't think I have anything I for don't. TV. I don't know if it was just maybe I was missing. Well, normally my TV. stuff on the Pulse is a bit more... I normally have like a couple things. But the only like... I watched two 2023 shows, that being The Last of Us and Ahsoka. <laughs> um, the Last of Us... I, I thought it was okay. I've, like this, the whole show to me was kind of like a seven out of ten type vibe. Where it was like solid, one really good standout episode, and that one episode is like completely removed from the game. Like that's the one like completely original episode, where like everything is rewritten and changed, and it's like a little like Bill side story. Yeah, the Bill episode, um, where everything else is like. <clears throat> yep, I'd rather just play the game. I prefer the performances in the game. I prefer the framing of it in, in the game. I prefer the way the music is used in the game. Mm -hmm. But I thought it was like fine. Um, that show uh, was a little bit surprised by how popular it is, to be honest. But um, yeah, it blew up. Um, yeah, not much more to say on that. Ahsoka uh, just just souring more and more. Uh, the more I'm thinking about it. Uh, just another I mean it's just like the superhero discussion it's just like yep you got no respect for your IPs you're just you were just throwing these random projects out and just like yeah well, 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 well oh Christ we fucked up Obi-Wan oh Christ we fucked up the the sequels oh Christ we fucked up the Mandalorian oh Christ we fucked and it's like it never ends with this shit mm. and it's like yeah let's try Ahsoka the adapt the show version of a sequel yeah, a sequel to a show that you have to watch, like, Cart a Disney Baby Plus cartoons? TV show sequel to two different animated shows that only a fraction of the fans have already seen anyway. And, like, that's, like, leading the charge. It's just, like, it's badly written, it's ugly looking, it's just... Yeah. So it's like paper thin, and it's like yeah, we're building up the new villain, man. It's uh, we're doing it, man. And they and they do the classic. Ah, uh, he's he's the smart guy. He's so smart he can predict what everyone's doing, and he's so smart he can even predict when he's gonna lose and just be fine with it. It's like what? You still lost? Like what are you? We need to just put the brakes on here, man. Just give us Andor. Forget about everything else. Just yeah. shut up. I, I don't care about Ahsoka in this mess. And like this... Ah, uh, the, um... The pearl clutching with like just these characters and treating every character as if they're like so important, you know? Mm-hmm. 
So why are you treating like the rebels characters as if they're like so important to all of this? And it's like, well, the more you broaden this stuff out, the lamer you're making everything. Yeah. The fact is, Soka's even there, like this whole gang of misfits is even in the mix. Ruins so much stuff inherently to me. It's like, yeah, you had the whole struggle of like Luke and that whole hero's journey in the original. Well, yeah, like he he was the only the Jedi. last hope. Yeah, Yoda was like, "You're the last one, dude." And then yeah. every, every bit of like Star Wars content we get is like, <laughs> oh, there was also this Jedi and yeah. this one and this one. You're the last there, one, there except like for oh, that guy that escaped Order sixty six. Uh, there was that guy. <laughs> There was not just the one guy who escaped Order 66. There was like a fucking hundred guys that yeah. escaped Order 66. And they're all doing pretty well. Like, they're, yeah. they're all fighting. The Some of them, like, uh, yeah, they, they, they're able to set up, like, new apprentices, like the guy from Rebels. And it's yeah. like, what the fuck? Like, this has all happened? Like, Ahsoka's, like, doing her thing in the background, being a master, being super powerful. Mm. Surely Yoda would have known that shit. Ahsoka has a fucking apprentice. Of course. Who's also a Mandalorian. Huh? Who's... <laughs> it's, a, it's like actual deviant art, like parody stuff. Which yeah. Is like the force-sensitive Mandalorian Jedi who's the apprentice of the, the one survivor who is also the apprentice of Anakin Skywalker. A.K.A. Darth Vader. <laughs> yeah, it's like, just fucking stop. Yeah. Um, they, I... I don't know why they think like abundance of stuff will make people like what they're doing. Because it does the opposite. It, you're just like, you're telling me this isn't valuable. You're diluting it, yeah. Yeah, you're giving me so much of it. Why, I don't need to like... And you're making it work. Yeah. As well, you're like, you're not making it like work. You're making it homework to like yeah. get through this shit. And then keep up with what the hell is going <laughs> yeah. on. Like. And then there's this like hilarious disconnect because... um. The only other thing I had noted down, and it wasn't a show from this year, but Jim and I watched the majority of Andor. Yeah. Um, God damn. Because I think I was saying about Andor last year's wrap-up, like trying to communicate about that show. Um, and yeah, re-watching that with you was just another reminder, like a few months ago, watching Ahsoka. Like the contrast, that it's like hilarious. It's like baby's mode versus like, oh, there's... It's actually like, you've actually like written something. You've actually got like characters who in a scene can communicate an idea or like switch up a dynamic or just, you know, the things you want to see in a story. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, oh, these are like cool, unexpected characters and like filling spaces in like the world or just these like random jobs and stuff. It's like, oh, that's a cool idea. Like an undercover art salesman. Isn't that like a cool front for like a character in this show? Yeah, I, it was something I latched onto watching in the show was like the the culture of the home planet of Andor. Where like mm. every morning there's a big bell. There's yeah, like a yeah. guy that goes up and has this ritual and does the. But it's it's little shit like that. Yeah, but it's not just like that. It, that stuff just doesn't exist in a vacuum. Just for like, hey, Star Wars Dibby in a. Uh, uh, you know, a landscape shot, like introducing yeah, a scene or whatever. Yeah, and there is like a little sprinkling of that, um, but it never goes too crazy. It never no. goes like Baby Yoda or Jar Jar with it, you know, like trying mm -hmm. to obviously sell something. That's actually one of the problems some like hardcore stars people have with Andor is it doesn't have enough of that shit. <laughs> um, Lack of dibbies. 
Yeah, or lack of that. <coughs> aliens everywhere. You're like, all it's all got shit. enough of U- U2C. It's got a little bit of that. Yeah, I like just enough, I reckon. Yeah, the perfect dosage, I'd say. Mm. Yeah, but I thought... I, mm. I think James would even like it. Mm, possibly. Being, being that you like Rogue One. Best style song. It's, it, it's very cool. You'd definitely um, like it. Yeah, it's it's it's... It feels the most uh, warish, ah. you know. It, fe- it it feels like the Empire is actually this because a bunch of the characters are Empire like higher up. Yeah, they're like undercover in or uh, straight up Empire members or people. Yeah, trying, yeah. Trying to build up rank. Yeah, and it's this like cutthroat it's bureaucracy and and policing and. It's less we like poppy as well, though. It's not like doing the wizards will save the <laughs> all this kind of shit. It's yeah. more just like no, nah, the there's like a ruthless, on... oppressive government, and it's like if we if we make any mistake, there's like an there's a overriding tension to the the like the rebel side that actually yeah. feels like oh every yeah every single they, character and every mistake is, like has consequences and yeah. every yeah everything has every character is vulnerable and everything's like linked like the way it's kind of like a small crime that sets off this like huge mm. building like narrative that like keeps getting bigger and these like mini arcs turn into these huge like knock on events and that's really cool to me like it's being able to track that back um and a cool central character as well just completely unexpected yeah, really how, how that came together. Yeah, um, and even after, because like Ahsoka was coming out and I was seeing clips and YouTube shorts, I'd watched Obi-Wan and I was like, I'm done. I, yeah. I can't, I can't, I can't watch Star Wars anymore. It's, it's a, f- with Obi-Wan especially, that it's ruined, done, full stop. <laughs> and then you were like, nah, but and, and all that. <laughs> and then... Eventually, we sat down, started to watch it. Within like ten minutes of the first episode, I was like, "Oh yeah, you're right." Like this, this. I wasn't expecting it to take that short amount of time because my thing was like, get to episode six, get to the heist, Mm. then I know you'll be in by then. That inciting incident that you were saying about that like starts his whole trajectory Mm -hmm. was like, oh, like this isn't like. Lame baby kick, kick shit. Kick gloves this, are off. Yeah. Yeah. It f- it feels like immediate stakes and investment. And like I already like the character because I remember the actor from the film. Yeah. And, blah, blah, and the blah, villains blah. don't have to be like incompetent for like just things to work and for things to move. Yeah. Yeah. Or if they are, there's like reasons for it, or there's like some setup or payoff for it, and mm-hmm. then it leads to something else happening. It's like, yeah. And every like set and mm-hmm. it looks crazy. It's crazy it looks how good it looks. Good. Every time they get off a, a ship, like in classic Star Wars, the the actual bridge goes, bzzz, yeah, and then yeah, yeah. just like loads of pointless uh-huh. dry ice comes out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then they like walking <laughs> off the ship, and there's like dirt everywhere, and like or loads of rain. Yeah, yeah. So like, you get it. It's uh-huh. it's not just loads of people running around on green screens. With the, mm-hmm. it's uh, yeah, it, that's what really makes it stand out when you compare the production to Ahsoka or uh, mm-hmm. Mandalorian, where they use this dome thing a hell of a lot more. Whereas Andor, they did a lot of location shooting, a lot around London. Um, you can feel it. 
Yeah, yeah, and that, that makes such yeah. a difference. Just use sets as much as possible because that really, it really grounds it. And you, you especially need that shit when it's as goofy as something like Star Wars. You know, mm. like it, you need something that grounds it and makes it like believable, feel like tangible. Um, there's no better way than being on location for that. Um, Getting the grime. That's all I want to shout out for TV. If we want to go to mid break here, um, and then just music yes. and games for the wrap up. Do you guys have anything else? Yes. No. Nope. We'll see you after these messages. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Bye, bear, bear. Bye, bear, bear. I do declare, yeah. bye, bear, bear. <laughs> bear, bear shirts and mug available now. Check the description below. Yeah. Good afternoon, one evening, or night, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to 2024. Too. Um, this is the uh, we just had a break. We've uh, we've eaten a, a an actual um, crazy amount of chicken just now. You probably can't tell, but we're we're full. We're full up. We're pumped. Plumped. Wait, are we doing the hat thing? Uh, unintentionally, yeah. Ah. Uh, no, to be fair, today my hair's a mess. So any yeah, my hair's you, a mess. No, as well. take it off. Show me your messy hair. What? Okay. <laughs> yeah, we've both got my... Take yours off? They're all different colours, though. Um, yeah, I've got... What is? What would you call that? Brown. It's not brown, it's like a creamy... Mist. I don't know what you'd call okay, that. Okay, no, we have to do it, do it in different styles. Okay. Nice. There Make you way go. for Noddy. Newt, newt. <laughs> Ew. But, but yeah, this is the uh, second part where we are going to head over and talk to about the f- other forms of media we watched, like games and music. Um, I would love to start this section of the show saying that uh, this year I've really gone in on Jake's J- J- Drake's discography. I've I've Jake. listened to <laughs> an album every day because he releases so much shit. You have to do it every day to be able to get through his fifteen fucking hour long stupid C fucking. <laughs> I hate that about music that it's all about metagaming, you know? That they make albums 15 million times longer than they need to because that takes up more of the top listened songs on Spotify. Do you reckon that the more something is a product, the less it is art? Yep. Absolutely. Like a Mustang Mackie. How do you even... There's so many variables with that, though. Barbie. Oh, no, mm. shut up. Go back to that. Um, um, so uh, with, with uh, music, I have a lot less than with the movies. Like the, even even with how long still. we've been going, I probably I I don't know. That was like maybe half of the stuff I'd written down. So and yeah, we need this to end at some point. So um, moving on to music, yeah, for me a lot less. Uh, 2023 stuff exactly but this is definitely the music that's kind of overall defined my 2023 um from memory uh it was like underworld and that kind of stuff that defined my last year um but i guess oh did you want to go around again like we did with the movies yeah i've Um, I've got i think i've got i've got three three I've got three, and none of mo- the two of them are not albums. They're just well, th- my artists. three are artists. I do have two other albums. I could say um, Drake's. 
Um, but I think this one will be on at least one of yours. I do want to shout out Michael by Killer Mike. Mm-hmm. Um, Fire. That PK Fire. That song you sent. I've already forgotten the name of it. Um, the song you sent me, the Andre Three Thousand One, the one with uh, uh, LP. Those are my standouts. Big fan mm. of those. I want to particularly shout out Exit Nine. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. But I, that's I, my favorite I've heard from it. I think my favorite from the album is something for junkies. Fire song. Um, it's so it. The, I mean, the the topic being like a song for the junkies, mm-hmm. right? For like meth and coke heads. Um, and it starts off with this like somber ass sound and then builds up and as like the story goes along and like he kind of is explaining where it all began with like drug abuse in America. Yeah. And with the CIA, baby. Yeah. And calling back to that like heyday of where it was kind of like glamorous before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and the the song changes into this like just absolute bop, um, and I've talked about the album multiple times on Joe, so I won't harp on about it. But it's yeah, pretty fantastic. I really have enjoyed listening yeah. to that album over and over and over again. Um, I feel like for, for, it didn't come out this year because we nobody knew it came out, and that is Freddie Gibbs Triple S. Triple S Hotel. Fan-fucking-tastic album. His best album. By such a huge margin, it's a bit of a joke. Fantastic. You think it's his best? Absolutely his best. I don't there's know got, And I only say that because there's the amount of good songs is, like, proportionately better than all of his other albums. And it was, like, a stealthy release because I didn't know it came out until it was, like, six months later. Yeah, I didn't know it was out until you told me. Yeah. Um, but great, I still haven't around to listen to it. What's better than the one that has the album cover that looks like Bojack Horseman? Um, that is band that bad 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 Dana. Bandana. Bad Dana. Bad Nana. That one's referencing me. Bad Dana. Uh, I joked I listened to one song for all shit and I'd call it Bad Dana and piss everyone off. Oh okay. But which is stupid because that album is really good. Yeah, really good. But I would say it's ba- better than b- b- I, I, Bandana. I preferred Alfredo, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was good as well. Um, I prefer the one with a bass. Mm. Freddy. 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 Yeah. Great. Great. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, it's worth mentioning. Freddy Gibbs is uh, he still hits hard. He's mm. so good, mm. and I I I, so I think it was in my like top three albums of the year. Of albums I've listened to, so that says a lot. I've been on uh, constantly listening to that. I mean, there's a lot to say about Freddie Gibbs's everything, but really good album. Just isn't it? Doesn't have that creativity of his previous albums. Yeah, I, I've I didn't have that many songs. I I felt like saving as individual songs. Dark Hearted is one of my library. Dark Hearted. That is like a, the Dark Hearted and Too Much. I think are the only songs I've like saved from the album. Yeah, but as as a listen, yeah, it's it's pretty fun. Um, Good album. Yeah, well, Spready Gibbs. <laughs> Spready Gibbs. Gibbs. Yeah, iconic. 
Um, the only other album actually from the year <clears throat> that I can say, with a few caveats, is um, One Wayne G by Mike DeMarco. This is that nine and a half hour long. Mm. Like, I don't know if they're demos or like unused bits, but they just sound like Mike DeMarco songs without his voice in. And even some of them do have him like scatting or like just doing random stuff. I would say this is <laughs> this like is minion a, shit. A counterpoint. A counterpoint to so, my pick. <laughs> no, 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 no. Of of that album is the fact that movies too long bad. This album nine hours. No, but like movies too long bad isn't what I'd say though. Yeah, also but we critiqued films for being a bit too long. Yeah, because there are plenty of films that are yeah. way too long. So how, where does a nine-hour album stand? Well, you can do other things while listening to music. No, you can't. <laughs> okay, we've we've gone one. over this. We've <laughs> yeah, gone over yeah, this. End yeah. discussion, I guess. It's not like, yeah, I think that would be weird to sit down and listen to the nine-and-a-half-hour. <laughs> mostly yeah. instrumental, Mac DeMarco. <coughs> but, uh, yeah, I've said before, and I'll say it again, I like my instrumental music. Um, this is, like, perfect for my playlist. Um, wound up, yeah, all going in there and beefing up a fair amount. Um, I mentioned in last year's one that I started getting into King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Um, I did follow this like flowchart thing people were saying about because they they they're so prolific in terms of their output. It's mm. very overwhelming the amount of albums they have going. The different sounds they have going. I'm not really like a heavy metal kind of guy. And they have some uh, albums that lean more metal, some that are more psychedelic and weird mm. craziness. I'm more on the psychedelic kind of side. Um, <clears throat> um, mostly rinsing the album Butterfly 3000, I'm In Your Mind Fuzz, and Quarters. Quarters is cool because it's only got four songs. All of the songs are the exact same length. Um, and that's like the premise, a little concept up, uh, mm. EP, I guess. Each song's like 10 minutes long. They're all like 10, 10 long or something. Um, cool idea. Um, yeah, I connected with that this year. Uh, I would also say, as far as a song that kind of defines the whole year for me, um, can't buy a thrill by Steely Dan. Mm, stumbled across that song at some point this year, sort of like from the seventies or something. Um, that's the yeah. The whole album "Can't Buy a Thrill" is a really good album, but specifically the song "Reeling in the Years." Sorry, which is on yeah. that album. I think yeah. I just called it a song, but uh, the song "Reeling in the Years" on that album "Can't Buy a Thrill" by Steely Dan would probably be a year-defining song for me yeah that's that's one hell of a tune Bee, bubby, bubble, bubby, bee. yeah it's so, it's so good man that guitar riff when it comes in yeah it's like, yeah ugh. it's it's immediately likable yeah it is a likable and it, uh little arrangement and that chorus is so like earwormy yeah um and in your kind of boat bro up there i went through a few low raw albums this year, specifically connecting mostly with the one zero, I think. Mm -hmm. That is the um, the album that has received the highest praise. Where it all comes together, yeah. Yeah, it's it's their most full album, 
and probably their most varied as well. And yeah, there's not because there were other albums where there are like parts of the album I enjoy, but there are other bits I probably wouldn't revisit where I can just listen to all of Zero. Yeah. Um, and not feeling like sags at any particular point. <clears throat> particular standout for me is Breathe In. That's probably my favorite song of theirs. Yeah. Um, that I've heard so far. Uh, yeah, very somber, but. Easy Way Out is another really good one from mm-hmm. the album. Almost, um, almost, dare I say, Linkin Park vibes. Christ. Um. <laughs> no, like, um, the, the use of drums. Because it's, it's never something they've done since, like, in, in the Phil Collins way with, uh, his, like, most famous song that I'm blanking on right now. The gorilla one. Um, yeah, the, the Cadbury's Gorilla. <laughs> I can feel it coming in the air. Like, I can't remember the name of the what song. What is it even um, called? In uh, the Air Tonight? In the Air Tonight, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, where it's, like, this this gradual slow build into, like, these drums that just come out of nowhere. And it's like, what, what even is this? Lower all supposed to be sad and somber. And, yeah. and suddenly you're hitting me with... You know, a little bit of gooby wooby type, mm. you know. But Low Roar is my number one artist of the year. Like, I can't. Yeah. Um, I can't deny. And it, I'm pretty sure I said the same thing last year. But this mm. year, especially looking at Spotify um, wrapped. wrapped, my top five songs were all from the same album, which is an album by Low Roar. One that I don't think you've listened to. No, I haven't yet. Called Ross. Uh-huh. Um, because I guess since he, since Ryan, the lead singer, uh-huh. died, um, like <clears throat> I did with David Bowie, I made like slightly more of an effort to actually listen to everything. And for some reason, I just always missed Ross and got round to it and... Again, it's got some songs on there that are like, just out of left field. Um, H-A-F-H, I think it's called, which I think was my number one song of the year, my most listened to mm-hmm. song. Um, is like this this happy, sort of bouncy. There's still his, his like... Hard to make that voice cheery. Yeah, yeah his voice <laughs> is just like inherently, there's so much sadness coming from uh-huh. his lungs. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that that band, man. They touch a a secret part of a secret string. I yeah. have strong opinions about them. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think I will only ever like them if I play Death Stranding. I think there'll be no point in my life where I'll need to hear that kind of music. <laughs> Just because I heard one song today and it was like, man, if I was driving this car, it would be going into a tree right but now. But that, that song <laughs> is is from a, a, a different album. Um, <laughs> Obviously, I'm not insulting on low what I, pre- I generally yeah, appreciate Yeah, yeah, you're what. just saying they sound depressing. They do. And, they do. Um, and and, I, and you you found them through under Death Stranding, so it's like, obviously, that connection, um, that vibe is there. I'd actually heard them before Death Stranding. Um, really? Yeah. Only like, only like, a, only like a single... Um, uh, but I'd never heard of, like a full album. Um. 
But the song we were listening to in the car was Once in a Long, Long While, which is also the name of the album. Um, but it always makes me think of Portal 2, because of the production on it is those, mm. like... I get you. Yeah. Um, I want to... Oh, I've got, like, two more or something. Um, I want to shout out... I've had New Order on my list of stuff to listen to for a while. Mm. Um, Because I'm really into... It's like a 2014 album or something they did. The colourful one. Yeah, it's got, like, these block, like, colours on it. um, With Tutti Frutti on it. Mm. Um, That's a crazy... That's an amazing song. Um, But they're more known for their stuff from, like, the 80s. And I've tried again and again with New Order, where I hop onto an album, and I just don't connect with the album but there are loads of like songs they have made that i really like yeah which i wound up kind of mostly enjoying through like a uh uh just the best of new order like type Mm. compilation things like they do for the beatles queen or whatever yeah Um, so i've been enjoying going through some of this stuff in that form um i just like that you know the 80s electronic kind of sound where they're figuring stuff out um <clears throat> so that was definitely a part of my year and mentioned Stop Making Sense earlier in the movie section, but I figured I'd save most mm. of it for here. Um, got back into that album, the deluxe edition version. There is that one song, The Weird Mixing, you mentioned. Did you mention that on a cast? I can't remember. I don't, saw the movie. I don't um, know if I did. But yeah, what song that, is it again? Um, it's no, like, um, won't mind. Is it slippery wheel inside a wheel? Um, yeah, I can't remember. It's slippery people, right? Yeah, it sounds right. But like changes at the end. Yeah, there's like a breakdown. Let's break it down. Yeah, so and it's it's like a big drum hit, and then uh, revisiting the chorus, and then like big drum hits between when mm-hmm. he sings. And there's the one big drum hit, and then he sings, and then the next one's like, boom. Yeah, it sounds like the, I don't know, there's like no reverb, there's no echo to the sound, it's not carried. (laughs) Yeah, it's really weird, I don't know how that came to be. Because when we watched the movie, it it sounded perfect the whole time. Yeah, yeah, you don't notice it in the movie. So that might just be an album version. Um, That's just an issue with the album. Maybe it will get an update. (laughs) Yeah, who knows now, but, um, yeah, the film, what can you even say at this point? Uh, perfect. Yeah. It doesn't really get much more perfect, to be honest. Absolutely perfect shit, right? Yeah, there. very enjoyable. Very, very perfect. Very enjoyable. Like, it was nice where I was, like, really obsessed with Talking Heads, I feel like, 2017, 2018. Mm. Um, and then, like, as you do, you just, like, listen to different stuff for a while. Mm-hmm. It was nice to, like... Oh yeah, stop making so- oh all this yeah because I'd seen the movie and stuff and it's just like revisiting that and having like a good excuse with the new updated stuff yeah was a real treat for me and finally uh, I guess French Exit by TV Go they did release an album this year didn't like it um, mm. saw a couple of alert. yeah I actually saw them live this year as well which was good um, yeah we talked about that Andrew. I think I did talk about that with the TikTokers, yeah. Yeah, because they're, like, huge on TikTok or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, I enjoyed that. Thought it was worth 
Um, very sample heavy. Mm. And that was, yeah, that was in my rotation like January, February, mostly this year. And that's most of my stuff for music, unless you guys have anything. I have a lot. Major, you want to shout out? I have one that I think I will share with James. What? This, the cyberpunk soundtrack. I want to, that's, that's where I want to speak, but I was going to leave it to last. It was, oh, this band from this game. Oh, this game's really good. It's my game of the year. But yeah, the cyberpunk soundtrack is uh, where to begin. Yeah. Absolutely it's, fantastic. It's got a little bit of everything. It's It's got the, the music for the little heartwarming scenes. Yeah, the, really... the original soundtrack being done by three different composers, mm-hmm. two of which are richer um, composers, Marcin, yeah. um, that Polish names are really difficult to pronounce. Yeah, yeah, they are. <laughs> but they're the two Richard, um, they're the CD Project Red employed um, sound of uh, soundtrack. So they're actually part of the team. The composers in house. And then the other person who did a few of the really good ones was um, the, the, he did the soundtrack for Dread. The film? Paul Morgan, yeah. Morgan, oh, right. which is that. interesting. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it also it makes sense. Dread, he also did the soundtrack for Warhammer 40k. So it, oh. <laughs> the line's there, but the, the Cyberpunk soundtrack's really good because <coughs> the original stuff is really so good, but it's all the small artists they got to decompose the radio stuff. Mm-hmm. You've got uh, you know, Grimes in there, you've got Health, you've got these Polish DJs in there, you've got RTJ. Polish artists, you've got RTJ. I've gone through a lot. Like, and I think with GTA, and we've all done this, everyone's done this. You find that radio station you like, and you listen to that radio station. Mm-hmm. Like, Cyberpunk, you don't do that. Constantly change station. Because there's so many songs there that are so perfect for that world that not, might not be in the genres you like, but you will find some really gold in there. And I've, I've, this year, I've, I've listened to a lot of the Cyberpunk composers and the artists that are in that game. Yeah, it's quite a unique idea to find artists but not just use their songs actually have them make songs specific to like in character yeah making characters it's it's like make a song as if you're a person in night city yeah Yeah. or in this this futuristic world fast forward to like yeah and uh yeah but i would think of of my biggest artist of the year is refused who composed i don't even think they composed it uh they're they're samurai Mm -hmm. they are johnny silverhand's band um, I've gone through a really deep and obsessive uh, refused um, phase this year. They're most most listened um, artists, and this isn't including Samwai. So it's like refused was my number two one. Samwai was my number two. <laughs> um, and the albums, a sh- uh, the, sh- the, sh- the shape of punk to come was one of their really early ones, and it is fucking gorgeous. It's a really good album, and there's a lot. I can't remember any of the songs off my head. But if you do like um, Samurai, I would definitely check out Refused first album. But then um, War Music is their 2018 album, which um, is the song Samurai for Samurai were taken directly from the album. Same production. No, okay. it's just more Samurai. Yeah, yeah. So I definitely recommend that if you like, you listen to Samurai and you're like, "Fuck, this is so cool," and it is just it's got that energy and it's just more, more, more. And it's definitely like been the anger of my year because it is like Samurai is music and Refused is music. You get angry about. You get angry at the society about. The anger you just of get a bit year. angsty. 
So I've definitely channeled that energy this year. And um, the infamous left is a peak of that album on War Music. So I definitely would uh, recommend that. Have you got more? Awesome. Do you want me to keep? You keep going. You keep going um, until you're done. This year, I well, I went deep in 1980s Japanese city pop. And I finally uh, went through Mako Nakahara's um, discography. We've all heard our music. It's that popular. And it's been sampled so much that you can probably, you would know and be like, oh, I know that sample. Mm-hmm. I'd have to, fuck. I'm not, I can't, I'm not going to be able to remember the names of her albums, but I've even gone as far to collect them original copies from Japan. Unopened really? original like cassettes. That's how much. Oh, is that why you're saying about the, the tapes? One of the main reasons is none of her music's on Spotify. Oh. None of it is. So I've, you you have to listen mainly for YouTube. Mm. But eight eight oh one eight hundred first Street is a very good album, and I've got a copy of that. If you are into you know city pop and all the future funk music, you know Mako Nakahara. Just go through her discography because it's fantastic, fantastic. Um, but this year for me has been characterized by just not by albums outside of Refused, but mainly by DJ sets. And I found DJs just performing that have fucked up my world. And it's like every time I go home and I'll just put on a new DJ set, another one, another one. On YouTube, you mean? On YouTube. And the main thing with them is that their sets aren't like on Spotify. They're never anywhere. So they're on like a, a YouTube video and that's it. It's just like going through these. And uh, one of the main ones has been DJ Aya. Um, How do you spell that? A-Y-A. And I found her through oh, Hall yeah. Berlin. We, she's got really three really good sets on there. Um, and I do want to see her live because her sets are just so fucking good. And I've been obsessed with them. And they've... Like, of all the music I've listened to, it's probably that is probably one of the up there if it was tracked because I've spent... Yeah, yeah. You know, when you're listening to like a two-hour set 10, 20 times a week... It's gonna, yeah, gonna get it. That's so quick. And there's actually one on here that you've listened to as well, which is LTJ Bookham. I suggested. What's uh, the album cover? Road to Roads. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've gone through a bunch with LTJ Bookham's. A lot of his stuff is on YouTube because he hosted um, a radio show in the '90s and early 2000s. So you just find these recorded uh, drum and bass um, sets, and I've gone through hundreds of hours of them. And I've been obsessed. And I think one of the main ones is, uh, and if, if you're someone who's into John bass or you just like it, you should definitely check out his uh, album, uh, Logical Progressions, very early. And you'll definitely find a way to enjoy John bass through you know, that era that he kind of evolved. Mm-hmm. But yeah, definitely, he's definitely been on repeat constantly. And I've, I talk about him a lot on my Twitter because it's like, I, I love that liquidy, atmospheric drum and bass. The jungle, you know. It's massive. I guess I could shout out uh, Aphex Twin as well. Yeah, I've, I've listened to a lot of his stuff this year as well. Very, very weird guy. His music what is very... weird music, but it's cool. Yeah, really um, cool. Yeah. Another one I just kind of put in the work playlist and if one that's too creepy comes on I just remove it <laughs> there is a quite a few um, freaky ones of his. but the ones that hit are yeah very very good um, let's wrap this up then with the games uh, I've not my, played my section many. looking a little anemic 
Um, I definitely didn't play many new games. The only 2023 stuff I played was Spider-Man 2. Um, a little bit of Cyberpunk, uh, what's the DLC? Phantom Liberty. Mm -hmm. um, Starfield and whatever the Destiny 2 content for this year was. Yeah, yeah should, should, do you even want to talk Those about are my Destiny ones from 2? this year? Uh, I don't need to say anything about Destiny. Um, In the bin it goes. <clears throat> say anything about Starfield? Starfield is. I don't know. I feel like I've been like gaslit by Starfield. Oh no, um, that's not good, bro. Some something about it made me just like want to get in on Starfield. I was like watching a video from it, and I was like feeling the. I felt no build-up, no hype at all for anything to do with it. Like, I was pretty, like, just not paying attention that much. Like, zero faith, didn't play Fallout 4, none of this. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm not, like, the biggest Bethesda guy. I enjoyed my time with Skyrim, but that's all I've really played from them. Um, so, yeah, I just got on Starfield and... Gooned. Instantly gooned. gooned. Yeah, I... And not like it was like sweeping me away or whatever, but parts of it were. There was enough about the aesthetic and like the sound design and this like menu design and stuff, um, mostly in aesthetics that was getting me. And then it was like more, once you're like 20 hours in, then like stuff really starts fitting into place as far as like the issues with the, the core decisions. Like mm. you just kind of want to, look in a direction and walk in Bethesda games. That's like the best thing about them. And mm -hmm. you can't do that in Starfield. Um, you just straight up can't do it. And if you try to do it, you just are bored. Mm -hmm. The environments are lame and it's just like, uh, when when Cyberpunk's out the same year, when I, I bought Fallout 4 for like three quid in a Steam sale and just was playing it on my Steam Deck for a few hours and was like, this loop is stronger than mm -hmm. uh, Starfield, and and this ain't even great. Like Fallout <laughs> Four, it's not great. It's not great. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I was like, wait, why am I playing Fallout Four? I have Cyberpunk and Red Dead Redemption too. You know, like that. There's no excuse for a world as like boring and flat and like lifeless and characterless as Starfield. Like, there's this. I'll leave it at this with Starfield. Right? There's this set piece. <laughs> called the Red Mile they're like building up it's this whole like challenge right where the, they like put the character in the situation where it's like yeah we'll help you if you run the Red Mile it's like oh shit what's the Red Mile sounds kind of cool <laughs> okay. what's, the, what's the whole Red Mile all about and they're like building it up and it's like yeah you go down there you take the lift down and you do the Red Mile if you do it we'll help you it's like, oh this is cool like a little set piece nice where's this going you go down the lift <clears throat> come out and start walking and like these little like lizard dog things like attack you and it's like oh that was crazy they were pretty strong and then two more lizard dogs come and then two more lizard dogs come and it's like oh so like it's just like a million lizard dogs that are just like That's tanky lizard dogs that just like chase you for like you're just running like a line there's like no gameplay really you just like go in a line you complete the red mile and then, like, I was reading on, like, uh, some forum somewhere. It's like, yeah, I just skipped the Red Mile. Like, if you just don't go in the lift, you can just, like, use your jetpack and just fly to the end of the Red Mile and just fly back. Like, you don't even need to do it. <laughs> so, fuck, man. I... 
Half baked. I've um, more wide, yeah. inch deep. I've never, ever, been more uninterested to play a game than Starfield. <laughs> I look at it and it's like, nah. Yeah, it. You know all the stuff Mass Effect One gets wrong. <laughs> Imagine that as a whole game. Yeah. You know, like um, if it didn't have the world building, if it didn't have the story, mm -hmm. if it didn't have like the good character writing, if so it was everything have. else. So basically, one of the worst <laughs> games ever. <laughs> But in saying that, it's like, man, I could see how you could make a Starfield 2 and this be, like, pretty cool. Like, the freedom you could have, the, like, these ideas, if it was just a bit, if, like, using your ship and, like, space combat was actually, like, kind of fun and <laughs> you could do stuff and, like, so, the enemy AI actually worked and was, like, fun saying, to fight. If, if the game was good, then it would be really good. Basically, yeah. Then it's like, there's just <laughs> too many caveats, you know, like, you go... Like something cool just kind of works out, and you go in the room. It's like, oh, this is cool. I know, see there's some enemies in there, and like <laughs> you're sneaking around with the jank ass sneak that like doesn't really work. They like see you through a wall. There's a guy just like stuck in a room, like with his gun phasing through, like glitching out all over the place. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like audio bugs, like left and right. Like your your companion is like, hey, do you have a moment to speak? <laughs> like while this is kicking off, it's I like, think a lot of that comes down to the fact that they are addicted because there's no other way to even think of using that terrible engine that is extremely outdated. <laughs> they need to move on. And it's like, I think it's design though. I think it's like just a... They decided at a certain point to prioritize a, a breadth of planets over a depth of location and I, I think and I think most people would vote for one location with immense depth mm -hmm. a la Skyrim over thousands with like not a single monument not a city not a anything memorable you know um, well I think I've I've not played it but I feel like Nakey Jakey just does says everything that's like accurate mm. about the game yeah, I, and I, I, but, don't I mean, think even I'll even before play. all these videos came out, you just watch. word of word of mouth put me off the game more than anything, and like mm. even people saying what they liked about it, it's like I'm not looking for that. Yeah. I don't want that. Um, I feel so like I never picked up. I feel like they are all. I don't. I feel like generally, Bethesda will never make a great game ever again, and that's because they're most Skyrim. They can't. They can't. They're gonna live in Skyrim shadow. It does feel like they kind of peaked around then. Um, I said, Skyrim's a great game. I say it's it. like the right game, the right time, and the competition for that style of game was not as fierce. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, you got CD Projekt in there now. You got like games like Red Dead in there you now. Got, you got games like Baldur's Gate, different genre, but it's like you're gonna make a, a medieval game, fantasy yeah. game. <laughs> come uh, on, yeah, come exactly. on. Mm. I say you gotta make. You're making it's their like first new world in like decades where it's like you've got Elder Scrolls, you've got Fallout, these are pretty pretty huge IPs, you know? They have like these they are characterful IPs that have a lot associated with them, but like what is like the the mood board for Starfield outside of the like NASA Punk thing? You know? Yeah, I don't What's know the character that people are like oh that The Cowboy. That, Adam Jensen. Why no, but like even that. All the characters, God, they're fucking annoying. They are like you don't want to be with them. Like I was, I saw in the poetry. There's a poke that's like, yeah, get certain boosts if you're doing stuff by yourself. And I was like, I should could be going down that because I don't want these people with me. Because like, yeah, that kind of cowboy guy is a little bit cool, but his whole thing is like, 
I've got my daughter with me and she's got to go where I go. And it's like a little girl. And it's like... Lame. I'm like... I'm like... Uh, <laughs> like going on executing wages yeah, I'm like stuff, a like... smuggler, like, flying through space. I don't yeah. want a little girl here. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> Why did you do that? That's really irresponsible. <laughs> yeah. And they're all, like, super prissy. They're all, like, C-3PO, like, just criticizing your ass, like, every decision you make. Yeah, they're all, like, holier than thou. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think Bethesda like the idea of you actually playing as a shitter. Like, New Vegas, that is... You're, you're, if you you're almost encouraged to be a shitter. Yeah. Blast like, these people, man. Blast. Them. That's yeah. more fun. Be an man. asshole. Like, or like just hearing about like prick. if you're a shitter in Baldur's Gate three, it like completely changes the whole yeah. game, and there's like an and entire way. It's like, a, it's like an actual RPG that best yeah, players that don't understand yeah, yeah. like that part. Yeah. You got to have something, you know, because like, like just jumping in Red Dead like the last couple of weeks just to like explore the map and stuff, like. Yeah, the enemies can kill you. There's like a threat mm-hmm. to what's going on. There's like a sense of exploration. You can run into a tree and die. <laughs> yeah, things are like unpredictable. It mm-hmm. feels like alive. The wildlife like kind of feels like it belongs in the environment. You know? Instead of these like mission maker drag and drop like, hey, it's the spider bug dragonfly thing. Yeah. Everything's always Stuck an enemy that again. you just like in Bethesda. You just walk backwards and shoot. <laughs> yeah, and I noticed there's <coughs> they they can't do like uh, feathers or fur. I don't think like it's mostly like Slum. leathery like lizards and crusty crabs, crabs and bugs and things like that. Because mm. I guess it's less complicated. The engine doesn't Render. explode if there's like, <laughs> yeah, if there's fur. like hair physics. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, so I thought that was funny. Interesting. Um, like the music, I do like a lot of like the sound design and sound effects and that stuff. But man, kind of kind of missed missed it for me there. Um, do you guys have one you want to throw out there? Um, Star Wars. Oh yeah, that's pick, a big one. I missed. Off I only here. picked that up late this year. Yeah. Um, I've not played it that much. Um, and. I love the character. I love the surrounding characters. What's it called again? Star Wars? Jedi Survivor. Jedi Survivor. The first one was Fallen Order. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, I, I love the customization options. Um, yeah. I, I like exploring because the rewards, even though they're, they're just cosmetics, Yeah. which is the excuse for um. Feels like an actual video game. Yes, like I like doing it because I like I like changing my shit up. I like making yeah. my lightsaber look a different way, or having a different color, or ha- having a cool beard, beard or a lame beard, or oh. different hairstyles, ponchos and stuff. Um, where I've been playing on like not normal, but the one up from normal. Yeah, and that's what I played on too. I don't know if I should change the difficulty because the game isn't like solid the game is kind of wibbly wobbly it's not like a from game Mm -mm. Um, it like depend you basically have to go like encounter by encounter almost like if there's like if you're fighting something that has some kind of weapon that you can counter or like you're striking i found that to be like fine but when it's like beasts and monsters yeah they're not designed very well no that was highlighted with 
Ogdo Bogdo or whatever it's called. <laughs> the frog. The big thing. frog or spawn of Ogdo Bogdo. Yeah. Um, which is just like a poorly, awfully designed frog. Yeah. That's what I would do then. If I, if I came across one of those where it's like, this is just bullshit, I know I'm not even going to have fun. Turn difficulty down. Yeah. Fight, put it back up. The thing is, I, I ended up walking away from it and because I, I, I put the difficulty down and still, like, one notch, still got wrecked by it. And I was like, oh, so it's not just the difficulty. Am I, like, under-leveled? So I, I put the difficulty back up and just started doing other stuff. Um, and that's when the the uh, cracks began to show in how the game runs. Yeah, well, that's just an ongoing issue. Um, yeah, because I... It has I, been since it came out. I hadn't really had that many problems um, until suddenly it was just like... Oh. Shitty frame rates, like weird visual glitches every so often. And it's just frustrating because the game looks amazing. But yeah, not amazing to the point where I think my, my PC should be chugging. Uh, um, so it's just kind of frustrating. But all in all, positive on the game. Like I said, I've not played it that much. Did you get to the desert planet yet? Yeah. You're there. Have you done like the set pieces and stuff there? Yeah, and you ride the big thing that's... Oh, those things that look like they're from uh, Dark Crystal. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. exactly what I thought. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I like the all the characters, the the dynamics between the different characters. Yeah. Um, I guess slight spoiler. It turns out the Jedi from the first game is alive. Cordova, mm. the guy who's like trail you're following. And that was kind of annoying. It's like, oh, there's another Jedi just flying <laughs> around. Um, tying back into that problem we were talking about earlier. Um, but yeah, it, I love I, I love just killing stormtroopers with a lightsaber. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you actually do like cut them in half and shit. And it's mm -hmm. like, yeah, sound design's good. Music's good. Yeah, animation's good. Yeah. Yeah, likeable. Nice game. Just solid, yeah. Just like a... Yeah, it does. It does veer on a bit too baby, sometimes. Mm. With the mute, with the, uh, a couple of the little music ditties. I like that. And yeah, yeah. It's it's charming, but at the same the time, whimsy. It's, it's like, why are you making this game so goddamn hard? <laughs> you know, it's it's like really hard, but then like I'm fist bumping my little robot friend when I find a new Can fucking wheelie feet on six. Yeah, all this shit. Um... Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that because I played that too, and I did and did enjoy that. Um, yes. The best game I played this year um, wasn't from this year, which was Disco Elysium. Um, mm. Yeah, just next level writing. Love that visual style. Love this whole world they created for it. Mm -hmm. um, in the first few hours, I was like really confused as to what the setting was, and just like Googled it. Um, and it's like, yeah, the, everything about this is like just completely fictional. It's like all these alternate histories and this like, yeah, whoa, like they're really, <laughs> this ain't just a period piece. Like they created a world and fleshed it out. And there's all these like really complex socio-political dynamics going on. And you, you were just like yeah, dropped in the middle the of different it. races and yeah, there's like yeah, these like race riots going on, and you ha you're like stuck in the middle of it and have to use dialogue to try and 
figure out your way through it and you can become like a race realist you can become a it's like yeah it's crazy and the psychological stuff it explores is like just so clever um and something that can only really be explored and achieved in a video game um and it's kind of the thing that makes me most intrigued about Baldur's gate because mm. i know it's like the uh also kind of based around the D D dice rolling uh Stats type gameplay. Is well, Disco Elysium. Oh, yeah, Disco Elysium. Yeah, yeah. Um, Is just that. Yeah, like all dice rolls and everything, Um, Mm. and that yeah, just that freedom of like the dialogue and interaction. Um, So, if there's anything like that, which I think it is, um, I might have to bite the bullet on that at some point because that did win Game of the Year, and everyone is everyone comes up talking about it. yeah, I'm definitely going to get around to it, but I need to, to And like that Bioware link and everything, it's just too, like... Bioware? Yeah. <clears throat> link well, like to... Well, it used to be there. Oh, thing. right, okay. Yeah, I was get one and two. Um, oh. Yeah. Um, honestly, more, more of like a disappointment to me was Spider-Man 2. Like, it's recent. It was only in like the last couple months or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not leaving like an impression like that first one did uh, mm. to me. Um, but yeah, I've I've had no inkling to want to play that again. Or um, that's a bit of a just shame. disappointed by that story mostly. You know, there are like multiple points in that first game where I was like, oh, I really like this choice or this set piece or whatever. There are just less less of those to pick from. And I think just mostly because of those characters, they shows to focus on and some of the writing just being a little bit all over the place um yeah because i got a steam deck um now i'm like we've had it we had a, a question in the thread like last week that was on about oh where's your like primary platform where you like play stuff now and it had been the last few years like a split between a little bit on steam mostly on like Series X or whatever, because that's where my library traditionally has been. Yeah. But in getting a Steam Deck, now I'm just more like, oh yeah, I'll buy Prey, I'll buy Death Stranding. Outer Wilds is like three quid today. Let's just get that and wow. put it on the Steam Deck. Yeah. Um, so now I'm, I'm like, I feel like I'm, I'm fully in on that. Like, like I have like the notifications on every time there's a Steam sale. I've got like the Steam app with all my like wish lists. And I'm getting like, there's mm. three things on sale right now I'm tempted by. Um, but I just yeah, I don't I don't know how you control that. Yeah, that's that's the risk when you get into PC gaming, and that's why my um, backlog yeah. has become so large. Because once I buy it, <coughs> I feel obliged to pe- play it. Uh-huh. So then it sits in my backlog like catalog, um, which I did take a game off mm-hmm. this year. <laughs> Really? Um, just a few weeks ago, Hitman 3, I finally finished. Mm. Um, and what what a cracking trilogy, the um, the World of Assassinations trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the, the developers went on a journey with the game because they... I can't remember if it was after the first one or the second one, after the game was out, like the full game was out. They left um, Square Enix. 
Yeah. Square Enix allowed them to keep the IP though, which is yeah, the, yeah. the big weird thing about it. Yeah, I guess they bought the the um, IP off of them. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and thank God they did. Like the, They went in on it. Isn't there some kind of like... They like built a new mode or something semi-recently. Roguelike. Yeah, yeah, they've yeah. done like a roguelike mode. Um, it's supposed to be really good. Yeah, yeah I've not tried it yet because I wanted to finish the main um, story first. And uh, there's not much I can say that I don't like about the game. Like, even the story, as it concluded, like, it's it's definitely got issues, but I just find it so likable. Um, and the character of Agent 47, not like he's getting loads of character work, but, like, he's this stoic, emotionless guy. But through you playing as him, like... You can dress up as a pink flamingo. Like, <laughs> yeah, you can just embody use, use that outfit to assassinate like some world leader. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and the the way they mess around with the gameplay in four, especially because I played back through starting at one, going all the way through to three and finishing it over the course of the whole year. Um, and yeah, the the ways they mix up the gameplay in three is just um, Mm. unbelievable like they truly have this one of the most versatile sandbox frameworks for a game ever created they basically did what the mcc tried to do but i actually put off yeah but even more so because they're all in like the same engine now aren't they like they're all yeah they're all in one game yeah so like you you but there's not like a huge like graphical no, no, no. Playing one, um, three, or whatever. Some people reckon that some graphical stuff was lost from that. Often happens with one and two. Or yeah, because like yeah. everything's being slightly adjusted when they specifically design stuff to work within the previous engine or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, so if you change lighting, it can like expose shit. But I d- I didn't notice anything like that. It's, it's not like I walk around in games looking at the shrubbery or whatever um yeah i just it's it's a i think it's a game where like a it's it's like a desert island game you know it's yeah so versatile as far as single player games go like you can play it and kind of have infinite fun because towards the end of hitman 3 like i i kind of methodically want to be get like the best score and stuff and want to be ultra stealthy. Yeah, yeah. But then one of the, on one of the last levels, I was like, you know, I'm I'm just gonna try like jump wicking this one. So just walking around with like a silenced pistol, just like bop bop bop, headshot mm-hmm. headshot headshot, and like fighting dudes and stuff. And it was just as fun as yeah sneaking through. Like it's, it's a mark of a good game, man. Good game design. Yeah, yeah. There's a problem. Absolutely though. love it. It's not double sound. Well, yeah, they they lean in hard in one of the last levels of Hitman but, Three. No, but into it is going to be Hitman Double Seven. Yeah, they've got the license, haven't they? Now? Yeah, yeah, they're they're making I, a Double Seven game. I think my my prediction is just that it's going to be Hitman, but a bit more linear with the whole spy thing instead of yeah, Hitman. I, but they're definitely going to use that formula of Hitman. It makes so much sense too. Yeah, I mean, it, it's 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 a it. 
007 doesn't work in the framework of a video game as well as Hitman. No. Because Hitman was designed to be. So I don't know quite how they're going to do it, but you see their inspirations in Hitman 3 yeah. in particular. So I think they will, they'll definitely do uh, some magic with the, the 07 license. Mm-hmm. The, um, um, the Hitman character is quite an underrated, like... Icon. Cre- yeah, icon. But Creation. I feel like he's, he's completely unadaptable. <clears throat> to what? I don't think you can adapt him from a video game. Because That's what I'm what saying. He's just... perfect for a video game. He is yeah. perfect for a video game. I think I think you could m- make a movie, um, and I think that's why there's been like two or three attempts. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, they're terrible. The, uh, awful. That, that David Fincher movie, The Killer, is basically a hitman movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. And yeah, it's like it, it's just got to have this particular tone that is the stupid. IOI has yeah they've always managed to strike it's it's like the most grandiose high stakes Gears like, of War no, yeah no. but all the characters take it so seriously mm-hmm. and the voice actor of of Agent 47 is so goddamn badass um and I didn't realise that Square Enix tried to kick him out for Hitman Absolution really the one before um the reboot <laughs> and the fans got so upset that they allowed him to come back and voice Hitman, um, which thank fuck. Like I, I can't. I That's actually crazy. can't imagine anyone else voicing. It's crazy him. when they do that. Like even for like Metal Gear, what they did. Yeah. That's kind yeah, of crazy. Bullshit. Keith Sutherland, like what the fuck? What a weird decision. Yeah. Um, that was a Kojima thing, I think. <clears throat> um. Well, yeah. Hitman fucking rocks. 10 out of 10 straight up well cyberpunk you know i think we talked about before and i don't think it was this year for the most part that i played it but you know cyberpunk is just fucking 10 out of 10 2.0 i'm enjoying it i played like a good chunk maybe like 20 i hours. think you played it wrong as well i haven't played it wrong i i don't think you can play it wrong like um, that's kind of the point alex is alex world. is like so far in the story but it's played less than me that's the crazy thing but I mean, that's. I I find with Cyberpunk the story for quite a while, in in the way the characters like you're if you're mm. role playing as V, you're gonna want to like do the stuff. ASAP. The urgent things because he's dying. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of the whole basis. So I'm like, like that's a video game. <laughs> yeah. Hey. On on my latest playthrough, I was like, yeah, whatever. I'm gonna go chill with some. I'm still unsure how much, like, does it do Witcher stuff with, like, choices? Does yeah. it, like, are there big mm. branching It does matter because things? you lock off endings, basically. There That's are different mainly endings. the main thing. Yeah. There are different okay. endings. It, yeah. It's not like Boulder's Gate where you're going to have a radically different thing. It's just variations. And it's it's variations with, like, relationships with characters. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Like, you can yeah. turn um, people off but, you or... But I think that game and we've said it before that game's world is like one of the best ever I've said that yeah, a lot I say it's... those words a lot but it, it is that game is so immersive because it's like the music the and it's more immersive now because in the latest update the subway works yeah it's like small details like that and it's I've I I don't play that game because I love it that much and if I if I play <laughs> it I have to stop playing it at some point that's why I, it's the best game in the world to me there's quite a lot of content though. I think. There's a lot of yeah, content. It seems like heaps because I'm, yeah, I kept getting like overwhelmed 
by how much there was and uh, to be fair that's your own fault how's that my own fault because you, like, you open the you map and there's like a the million circles yeah you never did anything but the main quest but like I never felt when I was playing it that like it was the he was like I was just playing like what it was telling me to do well it's, uh, it's it, it, it manages that, it quite fair. differently where like some dude will just call you up be like, hey, I got your number. I hear you get shit done. Um, do you want to do this thing? And mm. some of those are the best quests in they the are. game. They yeah, really I didn't good. even realize I was doing the main shit. I thought I didn't even know what I was doing, to be honest. I think you could probably do it for redoing the game again. <laughs> but then I just feel like I'm getting stuck in the. I don't know what it is with the CD Projekt games where, like, they, they don't gel with me in the way they seem to gel with everyone else. Um,. Well, I mean, I I don't think James is right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just just keep playing, right? <coughs> I think you need need to like handbrake. I'm more overwhelmed by the actual like visual like I I don't have like seizures or anything, but I feel like I'm about to have a seizure <laughs> on the verge when I'm like playing play. the game. You're going cyber psycho, bro. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But that's also the coolest thing about it is the like cyber psycho stuff and like the modifying your body. That that was more what was getting me into it. I was like, yeah, this is cool. I'm liking this to a certain degree. But it was when I got like this mod for my legs and I'm like double jumping. Yeah. Double jumping. Sudden, I'm like, oh, hold up. This is kind of this is cool. That's yeah, like a yeah. cool system. Yeah, there's some um, awesome mods in the game. You can yeah, turn yeah. your arm into like a rocket launcher. Yeah, no, that's the thing. This one, um, that's the one from Mage Runners. Yeah, well, they're, they're, they're like all in. Yeah, yeah they're all there as well. So like when you're at the Ripper Doctor and stuff, that is that's cool as fuck. So that's awesome. Cool. Um, mm-hmm. And like all the UI, like it's so like flashy with like all the stuff it's doing um, with that stuff, which does help with the immersion, as James was saying. Yeah, it's an immersive um, game, and it, and weirdly. Is kind of disgusting how well it runs on my PC. It, it runs at solid 70 on medium settings. And I'm how? Mm. I'm objectively playing the best version of the game. Now that they've finished updating it, you mean? Yeah. 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 I, Even I, the base game would be better in my version. Like the cops would work properly. Like mm-hmm. all the systems would actually work. Yeah. It had, I, a, it had a wanted. It has a wanted level now. I like yeah. I, w- I wish I'd never. How weird is that? Until then. Mm. Until that update. Because I remember talking, I remember bringing up Cyberpunk the year it came out on one of these wrap-up episodes saying, yeah, I just refunded it because it was so fucking shit. Yeah. It didn't work. Yeah. No, but I remember <laughs> saying then, so there's ugly. there's something about this game um, <sighs> that's, that's very, like, special, unique. Mm-hmm. I love the dialogue the way dialogue functions. The characters are all just that that good yeah. as well. But like the way you I think they're like diegetic way it's all like so like natural in the yeah, world. Yeah, you, like you, you like press a someone. button and then you're like leaning on a car yeah, while you're like talking to them and yeah, they're like working. I've it, never seen a game do it to that no, ever. No, nothing else has I just come like close. the Panem one. It's when you first Panem mission she's doing the drug deal and you, you have the choice get a gun out, open the door and you can yeah, just see yeah. your guns resting there and it's like, man, I'm fucking cool as fuck. Playing yeah. this as V, yeah, and the game's full of that. And it's so good. Isn't there like vehicle combat and stuff? In yeah, there, there is. Like, no, wasn't yeah. in it originally. She, James modded it, and yeah. I think um, really. I, I've I've never I've ne- never played the, the game vanilla. Um, well, game of the ga- games, defining games, Armored Core Six. Yeah, surprised that you finally finished a FromSoft game. Like, yeah, you did first and that. Obviously, it was like it's a mech game. Of course, James is going to have a bit of a. <laughs> he, I love mechs. I love big things. I love big machines. 
But that game, it definitely beat me. It made me work for like That's the whole point, man. I, I got to Bauteus, like everyone did, and I couldn't beat him. And I tried and I tried, but every time I was like, "No, I'm gonna beat him. I'm gonna beat him." And that's what I did. And I kept going back. And then as soon as I bit beat him, it was like, "I get it. I get Dark Souls now. I understand." Mm-hmm. And like, uh, Armor Core is not Dark Souls. It's not to the same level yeah, as Dark it's Souls. Far easier. But I, I get. I the core is there. That DNA is there. Yeah. The the like. I don't know the the goop. The, no, it's, it's sadism. That's all it is. Yeah. There's no. A yeah, it's more like it. endurance, I would say. Yeah, but sadism. Just but I feel like the sadism out. thing is like so like overly exaggerated. Yeah, yeah. it's it's because it is fair. It's always fair though. Nope. Yeah. Nope. That's like the whole FromSoft thing. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, it's mostly fair. Sometimes they are just a little bit bullshit, but like they're <clears> never. <throat> it's never impossible. It's never. Um. The odds yeah, are never ended. Armored Core. Silky smooth gameplay, just like it's so smooth. Yeah. Um, and the way the you know the builds when you can go for like, because I I stuck with tetrapods and they're you know way more mani- aerial maneuverability, heavier, bit chunky on damage. And then this time I do my new game plus is a super lightweight build and it's a whole new experience. I'm having so much more fun because it's like I'm so fucking dodging everywhere and doing yeah, blade attack, yeah. And... and I've been like doing boss fights where I felt even more intense because I'm way more vulnerable. I've got to be way more better with my maneuverability. Uh, it's, it's got me. Like I've 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 been meaning to like finish my new game plus, so I can do new game plus plus. And that's the main thing. It's like you don't play this game for twenty hours and do the story. The best content is new game plus and new game plus plus. I've had the best fights in new game plus because they're like, oh, you know that mech that kind of fucked you up. Have three more of them at the same time. It's like fuck, mm-hmm. come on, mm-hmm. let's fucking go. Um. The soundtrack as well is... Like, I was going to mention it on music, but the soundtrack is phenomenal. Yeah. By Co- right. uh, so the um, From Software team, like in, in board sound team, there's a lot of songs in there that they make you fight harder in the game. Contact with you. Rusted Pride. <coughs> yeah. Where you hear it and you're like getting emotional because you just want to f- have a, an anime-ass boss fight. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it is so, so anime. It's so... But, but it never goes cringy with it? No. The the character Rusty <laughs> is like he's just he's plucked from some anime I don't know which <laughs> he is, but gun, he is some Gundam Aloy yeah Rusty oh rusted Aloy um, <laughs> and I love like um, I've watched a lot of videos on like the references a lot of the names in the game because they're all names from different like eras of history and different yeah, languages. Yeah, yeah. There's so many small details that you really do pick up on when you start to look into it more. Yeah, a lot of love went into that game. A lot of love. Mm. Um, and it's like the whole being able to change your mech. Because it's it's not Dark Souls. It's not a case of you've got perfect this fight to beat the boss in your build. Um, of course, like, your build's shit, make a new one. Yeah. And that's Just how you beat a boss. Always change. Always, always change. change. If you die, change. Yeah. And I, I learned that and... Now I'm having a lot more fun just always experimenting. And they're adding more content now. So there's definitely, like... Mm. A lot of future for that game, but it's just like the details and the fact the world is horribly depressing. Mm. It's you know the whole thing is. But is also quite, strangely hopeful. It's strangely hopeful, yeah. That's whole like our eyes, our Aya, Aya. Her whole point is like the hopefulness and the humanity aspect of mm. a dehumanized mech. 
um, but it's definitely been it's been my top game like i listen to the soundtrack every day i i have a lot of love for it it's been f-u-n 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 fun yeah fun game um would also like to mention it's a fresh game but it's definitely fucked my brain up and that's um 40k rogue trader mm. so crpg why has it fucked your brain because it's Warhammer, and I'm like, ooh, the lore details, the little chunks <laughs> of lore knowledge. Because <laughs> I you know I'm a I'm a I'm a Warhammer dork. I consume a lot of Warhammer stuff because I've been fucking <laughs> <like a> dick. <laughs> you could just drink out my glass. But I I'm a big Warhammer fan, and I've got the models that I'm painting. I, I I've watched every lore video I can find. I've got the lore books, you know. I love that world, and I've from the little bit I've dipped in of that game, it's like they get it. There's so much lore shit here I love, and it, it's it's fucking miserable to play to people because it's a CRPG. They're just uncomfortable. But it's like when I, when I was like two, three hours into one mission, it was like when does it fucking end <laughs> for one mission? And it is just uh, it's a game you goon on, and mm. I'm greatly glad that as a Warhammer fan I can goon on it. What is the gameplay like? Top top down on RPG, and it's like turn based. It's XCOM. Right, it's okay. the combat is XCOM. Yeah, and it's quite difficult. It's fucked me up a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like a CRPG, so all your small choices, the dialogue is it's Baldur's right. Gate, but just not as good as Baldur's Gate. Yeah. Um, but having big fun of that, I definitely think I could sink a lot of time into it. But you know, it's just, it's been out like two, three weeks, so 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 new release. And on the subject of Warhammer. Dark Tide is now an actual somewhat functional game. <laughs> and I've played a lot of it this year. We've played a lot of it this yeah. year. Um, as well as Vermintide. Yeah. Um, it's it's promising. But it needs more. It's it's fun moment to moment, but once once you start seeing the same shit over and over again, That's you start thing. getting a little sussy. I think the main thing about Dark Tide is that they went for this uh this almost RNG like mission of just you do this mission, you do this one. While mm-hmm. Vermintide has a has three acts that is like four curated levels with a boss fight, yeah, and that's more more rewarding because you can be doing as different characters and then mm-hmm. they're just very better. And Vermintide, the more I don't play it, the more I miss it. Yeah, and this game's been out really decades now, not decades, years. But I have a lot of love for Vermintide. I want Dark Tide to be on that level. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely been that they're two games that have defined my year because I'm always thinking about them. Yeah, it fits into your Warhammer. My goon plop. My yeah, but that's mainly what I've been doing with games. I have I have one more game that's kind of like my game of the year. So, um, not from this year, mm-hmm. but just a revitalized love of Battlefield One. <laughs> Maybe mm. I. On on a whim, just when we just I we bought it, right? And yeah. on a sale, it was in a sale because I bought it at the same time. Recently, it was um, like two, five pound for all the DLC. Yeah, um, um, and it, it it says a lot that you know we're in an era where there's all these new games like FPS is coming out. You know, CODs out, Battlefield twenty forty two. It's like they're all so bad that on a whim you you play an old Battlefield and it's just like, but I, I, where the fuck did they get wrong, man? Where how, how did they make this game? Yeah. That's what I don't get. Like the the stuff that will happen just in a moment to moment basis. Like 
above you there's a giant airship like shooting down at you and there's planes f fighting in the sky you're you're hiding in a building and someone like throws tnt and starts crumbling the building so mm -hmm. you you're running out the building you got like gun some dudes and down, then you got gun a dude down with a, a bolt action where you got one shot yeah, and yeah. if you fuck up you're dead and then the the airship starts crashing because your team's done enough damage and it like lands on the buildings and fucking blows them up and it's blown up and like it's just it's chaos and like i it's a game where i, I don't uh, it doesn't always annoy me when like i'm having a bad game because you're just Having like mercy, these man. insane, yeah, you're in awe of just the the shit that is going on. Yeah. The the core the core <clears throat> upgrade they made from Battlefield Four to that is a masterpiece. It's so clean, mm -hmm. but it works with this you know World War One setting where it's just like there's not all these iron sights, there's not all these sights and mag attachments. It's just like yeah, there's a gun. It's so Have much fun. simpler. It's simple, um, and it, it, I I I. <coughs> I play it and it's like I get sad because it's like, man, this is just like. They don't do them like this. They don't do them, anymore. but at the same time, it's like the soundtrack is so fucking gorgeous. Yeah, the when soundtrack like, is ridiculous. It's really emotional, like singing after your side has just been beaten. It's just like, man, I'm just thinking of actually people in trenches, like horrific. And mm. that first level, that level where it's like trying to make a point of the death of World War One. Like, yeah, that is like an art the piece. Pointlessness of it. Yeah. It does. It does so much justice to like explaining in a very real way what World War One was and the horrific death as part of it. And I do think they could have done that. They could have done it so much better by actually like humanizing the Germans. So you didn't do. It. it yeah, I like, don't know why they. because oh, so it, it had that vignette approach, didn't it? Well, yeah, it was, you it wasn't campaign like as much different as like, characters. Yeah. yeah, different vignettes. And in, in this, there's not a single German. No, because in there. this first level, it's just like you're just four Americans that get killed. But if you're like you're fighting and your guy dies, and at the same time you shoot a person who's just seen your guy die, it does a lot more to sell the point yeah. of that it was a horrific war. You side. became the guy that killed. Yeah, who just killed you. It, that, it, that it, it like cool. you know, I'm, I'm criticizing. It's still a great little piece, but you know, could have done more. But that game is very good, and I have a love for it. Mm. And I didn't realise at the time what, that it was special. I really didn't. Yeah. But it's a special game. Yeah, and it makes me understand why Titanfall 2 didn't have a chance. You know? Like, you can jump into Battlefield 1 and have fun. Yeah, you, yeah. Like, the dudes playing Titanfall 2, they're on some shit, man. Adderall, probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Is the player base actually. lively? Like you can yeah, find yeah. games. Yeah, there's there's this one server that we always go to, and it's, it's always full. Always full. You got to wait for your slot. All right, okay. Like sure, the, the maps are shit. So, yeah, yeah. But some but, of the maps are trash. And weirdly enough, we play this one server, and we've been spotted multiple times by Jarlings. Yeah. In this server, <laughs> yeah, so, like, so Jarlings clearly have taste. In, um, yeah, and there's just like weirdly somehow I just have the most like recognizable name because it's my website, it's my company, and they're like, "Oh, oh is that James and John?" And I'm like, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Someone's getting shotgunned by me in a match, and just like, "Fuck, is that James?" It's weird that we never get spotted on games, but we go back to play a really old first-person shooter from years ago, and it's like we get spotted multiple times a day. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, it's. Little bit funny, yeah, a bit nice. Be a cracking game, great game. Buy it. I'd, rec I'd recommend getting it if you enjoyed it back in the day. I'd, I'd recommend buying it now, now yeah. um, and jumping on because like you're only going to boost the player numbers. Yeah, yeah. The more people playing, the better. Well, guys, I think we did it. I think we did do it. Fuck me. 
Big just chunky over three one. Hours. Are we saying they want a long one? And here's a nice long one for your uh, holiday break. Um, yeah. Thanks yeah. for listening for another year. Goodness. Another year. Um, yeah, we'll probably I'll probably take the questions from the suggestion thread that was up for this one. Collect. Well, I've already have collected them, um, but I'll hold those, combine them with the question thread. We can do a whole question next week, and probably yeah, just do a catch up question one. Yeah, next. that sounds a plan. Yeah, that. So we're doing this a bit early. A plan. It's January first when you're hearing this, um, but also we haven't had Christmas yet as of recording it, so. We didn't mention anything that happened that was crazy on January. Oh, I don't say that. Well, December 29th. Or no, bro, no, bro, we're starting the year with Jeffrey Epstein's client list. fucking going to go nuts. Next year is going to be like 150 starting people just strong. dying every week. There's just loads of people dying. Started all... strong. Who would be crazy to be on that list? Who, no, just... no, 15 people requested through the American courts have their name removed. And the court's like, nah, fuck you. But <laughs> Good. three people did, and they 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 they've been taken off of it. Mm, so who are these? Must be very powerful. I'm thinking Bezos. No, Bezos. If Bezos got outed on the Jeffrey Epstein's list, I don't think anything would happen to him. Like, he's that right. powerful. I mean, there are already the people Epstein, that are on the list. Huh? Like, like fucking Chris Tucker, whatever the fuck his name. Like, he's Chris Tucker. You know the. Um, do you think he did all those movies with Jackie Chan? We watched one. Oh yeah, 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 yeah the Rush Hour guy. Yeah, Rush well, Hour. Like, well, some of the, well, this is the thing. It's like a lot of the, them have been announced through the flight logs, like um, about yeah. fines. <laughs> Do you think being on that list means they're a pedo? Yes. Yeah. No, absolutely. I don't think necessarily every single one of them is, but I'm sure that there well, are no, examples of them on it. Well, no, because yeah. well. It's just like the Prince Andrew thing that she was like 16 and there was this whole like age like debate over it. But this is client's list. So these are people who have paid for his services of child exploitation. So I would imagine they are, are pedophiles. Hence why they're trying to get their names removed from it because they know <clears> they're... I don't know. I haven't read the article, so I don't know the... But it's going to be what? Who? Is this actually happening then? Is yes. The, is it... yeah. yeah, the American government have been like, we're releasing these now. It's coming out in January. Fucking about, about time. Taking long enough. It's who, bullshit, though, if people are getting their names taken off of it. Well, oh, no, only three people did. 13 tried to, and the government were like, nah, you're not. The Queen. The King. So you can't even make the royal joke, though, because there's Prince Andrew. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he <laughs> but who do you think? It's the like infamous one. <laughs> who do you think? Yeah. Who do you think is going to be on this list? What celebrity do you think? Kanye. But the thing is, like, I, no, he, there's nothing a celebrity can do that surprises me as far as, um, like, evil, evil and evil degradation. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's going to be some big movie actors for sure. Brad Pitt. There's going to be a lot of there's probably going to be a lot of polit- politicians there. Let's be real. What if Russell Brand's probably, on there? Yeah, loads of like just money people and yeah, money people. Um, but there's probably going to be like a few musicians. politicians. Yeah, that's what I said. Politicians. Which? Is Ryan Reynolds on there? I don't think he'll be on it. Mm. I... The, Rock? the Rock? Yeah. No, it's gonna... no, The Rock wouldn't. Kevin Hart. The Rock I, doesn't I have time that. to. He's in the gym. He's got... There's there's a gym on Epstein's Island. There's probably multiple. Yeah, it's bound to be... Underground. Mr. Beast. Sheesh! The important man. 
he's he was fucking born on Epstein's Island. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny he went missing the same day Epstein went missing. <laughs> <laughs> he was last seen in Paris with his wife. <laughs> Sheesh. Yeah.